0: Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman.
1: Well, 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 good morning, good morning, a pleasant good Thursday morning to each and every one of you. We welcome you, as always, to Off the Bench, presented by our good friends at United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. Casey, Lindsay. good morning. Good morning, Tom. Morning. How's everybody doing? Doing good. We're doing doing good. Good, good. How about you boys? Reed, Zebra.
2: Uh, I'm doing all right. Um, Xavier obviously lost yesterday, but I'm doing all right. I'm doing fine.
1: I'm doing great. You guys were both at the game last night. That's we right. We were. We were. Big time.
2: It Big was, league. It was a It was a good game. It was a good game. We'll get into more.
1: We'll get into it for yeah. sure today. Mouse Cop's already in a terrible mood this morning. I understand you ran into him yesterday.
2: I did run in. Listen, I walked right into Dana Gardens and like... Dana a, Gardens! I walked in there. Big league operation. It's a, it's a dimly lit bar.
1: To say the least.
2: And yeah. they open up oh, the door, yeah. and it's Mouse like Cop dungeon. walked in, and it was, like, <laughs> it was like the light of God walked in there. It was just bright as can be, because everything shines upon Mouse Cop. So.
1: I mean, he's all, you know, killing our show today. He's upset. Sorry, Mouse Cop. We are what we are! We come your way Monday through Friday, 10 hey, eight eight. to 12. Hey. You can join us on YouTube slash Chatterbox Sports. We broadcast live on X. X. Seabox Sports, or if you'd rather join us in podcast form, and that was the only way to see us yesterday, we have our fingers crossed today. That's it's right. All we can do all we can Spectrum, do. Spectrum, <laughs> Spectrum,
3: <laughs>
1: Spectrum.
2: We'll light some candles, have a little seance for Spectrum to work in here. That's exactly right.
1: Well, you know, like some of you, when I was growing up, you never wanted to be referred to as a goat. That was normally a reference to a person or persons who simply messed something up, primarily in sports. In today's world, of course, GOAT has become an acronym for greatest of all time. It's overused more times than not, but not today. What we have seen in the last 24 hours will go down as one of the most remembered full day, in terms of hours, in sports history. GOAT describes Nick Saban. He is the greatest college football coach of all time. Seven national championships, six at Alabama. He announced his retirement yesterday. At 72 years young and 17 seasons in Tuscaloosa, Saban walks away with 292 career wins, six all time in college football history. That stops through Toledo, Michigan State, Won a national title at LSU, six of them at Bama. He never once, not one time, had a losing season. Then there's the greatest coach in the history of the National Football League. Just this morning, Adam Schefter from ESPN reporting that Bill Belichick is leaving New England after 24 years as Patriots head coach. He won 17 division titles, most all time, nine conference championships, most all time, and of course, six Super Bowls, most all time, GOAT, G-O-A-T, and under the radar in all this, here's Pete Carroll, he announced after 14 seasons as head coach in Seattle, he's leaving the Seahawks, Carroll won 181 games in the NFL, he joins Jimmy Johnson and Barry Switzer as the only coaches to win a Super Bowl and a national college football championship. Think about this for just one minute. I was reading this today. Tell me this isn't amazing that we're talking about these three guys, okay, leaving the same day. Nick Saban succeeded Pete Carroll as a secondary coach at Ohio State all the way back in 1980. When Belichick was the head coach in Cleveland before he went to New England, Saban worked for him with the Browns for four years. And then in 2000, Belichick replaced Carroll as head coach in New England.
2: Did you see the Cleveland Browns tweet yesterday about Nick Saban? They, they wish Nick Saban a happy retirement, said to our 1995 defensive coordinator. I thought that was funny.
1: It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. All right. On the field, the NFL playoffs, as we know, kick off this weekend. We will talk with Mike DeFabo from The Athletic in just a moment. He covers the Pittsburgh Steelers. And in about 40 minutes from now, our buddy Vox Lombardi. He covers the Cowboys, as you know. Will join us to preview their game against Green Bay. College basketball, we mentioned a wild one last night at Tintas Center. Xavier falls to number four, UConn. The defending champs, 80-75. Really weird game. Huskies would open up a big lead, X would come back. UConn, big run, X would come back. Bottom line is, Mouse Cop, Muskies are seven and eight on the season. They're one and three in the Big East. Turns out UConn is the only team ranked in the top four not to lose this week. First Purdue, then Houston. And last night, UCF beat number three, Kansas, 65-60. I got to really wonder how good Kansas is.
4: I think they're good, but listen, Tom, when you go up against an American Conference team, it's going to be tough sled. Throw out the record
1: books.
2: Throw out throw out the record books. Is is what Kansas has done. We talk a lot about the Big 12 and how great it is. It's the best college basketball conference in the country. Kansas has won that conference for like 18 straight years. Is that the is that the best Street going on in sports right now because it's that's actually that's absolutely incredible that they win that league every year despite it being the best league in yeah. college basketball. I mean,
1: well they got it going on i mean they're one of the top three programs in the history of college basketball
3: mm,
1: and they got incredible. a great coach great coach uh we talked about the top four uconn wins number five lost last night tennessee to mississippi state by five points tcu they'll be here next week that's uc's next home game they've got a good team they beat number nine Oklahoma last night, 80 to 71. Butler knocks off Marquette. Marquette is two and three in the Big East. And number 15, Wisconsin rallies late to beat Ohio State in Columbus, 71 to 60. Casey, let me know. we have Mike with us. Yep, I'll let you know. And we will get to him. Uh, look, we're going to circle back because we have a mouse cop all worked up. Um, and for those of you that don't know, Mouse Cop, he's been a regular, and we're thankful that he is we love on this show on a regular basis. Um, but you know, we'll get to the Xavier game later because you are truly looking at, and I, I really don't think you could argue it. I don't think, or maybe you guys can, that. Nick Saban is the greatest college coach in the history of college football. And Bill Belichick is the greatest coach in the history of the National Football League. And they both are gone within 24
2: hours. The Nick Saban thing was incredibly shocking. I think we all saw Bill Belichick coming. I think just – we, we kind of knew that this was going to happen with Bill Belichick. There's been rumors flying. It's kind of run its course in New England. He's going to get another chance to coach if he still wants to coach because, like, like we said, he's, he's, he's the GOAT. Yep. Um, the Nick Saban stuff – is shocking, and I and I wonder if there's a if there's an underlying story, or if he's just uh, sees the current state of college football, and you know it's not the same sport that he came in and coached, uh, started coaching twenty plus years ago or forty plus years ago, but a head coach for twenty plus years, and just said, listen, I'm ah, I'm done, I'm I'm out, I've done all I can do, my legacy can't get any better for the most part. I mean, he wins another national championship, his legacy it puts another trophy, but his legacy is already the goat. You can't be the goat of goats, right? So. Yeah, it's incredibly shocking, and the fact that it happened in 24 hours is even more so.
1: Some of those older guys, uh, Saban recently, Kirk Farrens at Iowa, guys that have been around a long time and have incredible respect around college football, uh, have both talked at length about not liking this whole NIL thing. Right. Um, and the transfer portal, it has added layer after layer after layer Um, of burdens on a head football coach in college and I I just have a feeling at the end of the day Saban will share at length that that has something to do with it both the transfer portal and NIL all right Mike is with us finally here uh, from Pittsburgh PA going to be making his way to Buffalo tomorrow thanks for joining us my friend how's everything with you what did you think about um, the Bill Belichick news
5: Well, I think it's interesting because the Patriots played the Steelers earlier this year, and there were a lot of parallels between these two teams in terms of, like, where they were at in their seasons and question marks about filling the shoes of Hall of Fame quarterbacks. And ultimately, here you have uh, Mike Tomlin was on the hot seat, now, you know, was able to rally the Steelers back to the playoffs where Bill Belichick gets fired. So I think it's an interesting case study with these two guys in terms of, like, patience when it comes to teams and how long coaches want to hang on and keep doing it and obviously mike tomlin still has a passion for it he still has a fire for it but things went a little differently for bill belichick
1: all right let's get into uh tomlin for a minute because the last time you were kind enough to join us and we appreciate your time again today so thank you um they were getting ready to play the bengals again uh they win that game uh in dominant fashion and then they go on to to nail this thing down and get to 10 wins. You know, uh, it, it's amazing how quickly it can, th- can change, you know, in a 3 week time frame, we saw it swinging against Tomlin and then 3 weeks later it swings back the other way, 10 and 7 on the year. You got to give it up to the guy, right?
5: Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting. Since I was on your show, that was really the inflection point in the Steelers' season. The Steelers were spiraling the drain. Uh, They had just lost three games in a row, including uh, back-to-back games against the two-win Cardinals and the two-win Patriots. So a lot of people fairly were talking about Mike Tomlin and his job security at that time. And what was interesting to me is that Tomlin was coming off this no-show performance against the Colts. He was down to desperation. He started Mason Rudolph. who started the year third on the depth chart. I'm not sure anybody going into that game thought this is going to be our savior. Yet here the Steelers are in the postseason. So, you know, I think it just kind of is who Mike Tomlin is at this point. Where it seems like every time that you feel like, yep, the season's over. I think that the athletic and our projections, the Steelers had a 4% chance of making the playoffs at that point. Now here they are playing in a playoff game. So it definitely speaks to Mike Tomlin as a leader. But again, I'll say this. The Steelers have not won a playoff game since 2016. And even though Mike Tomlin is a great coach and does do an incredible job of somehow scratching and clawing his way to a winning season, in Pittsburgh, fans still want that playoff win. Now, I'm not sure there's great expectations for Mason Rudolph, a 10-point underdog against Buffalo. uh, But, you know, at some point, the Steelers have to get over that hump.
1: I, you know, I I, I got to tell you, uh, or, you know, I, I'm sitting here watching and they put up the numbers and I know it goes back to Matt Canada and I know Kenny Pickett got hurt and Trubisky came in there for a while. I think with Trubisky and Pickett, they were seven and seven. They're three and oh now with with um, Rudolph, the passing yards per game, the points per game have just completely blown up. Um You know, look, they got the game this weekend, but has this perhaps changed the mind of the coaching staff, the fan base, the media, the locker room that may be looking ahead to next year? And we'll get to this weekend's game in a minute. But I mean, does Rudolph get a legitimate chance to start next year?
5: You know, we'll have to wait and see. So he's on the final year of his contract. And interestingly, any team in the league could have had him last year. I just did a big profile on him for the Athletic. I talked to his dad and quite literally, he sat down at the kitchen table with his dad and they were working on a resume. And Mason was thinking, do I want to go into commercial real estate or am I going to be playing football next year? And somewhat out of nowhere, he got this call from the Steelers, ends up third on the depth chart, rises up. So, you know, I always felt like he was better than a third string afterthought. And it was surprising to me that 31 other teams felt like they had a better answer at a backup quarterback. Like... I don't think that he's some great savior. I think that some of the stats are a bit misleading. Um, but, you know, I do think that he could be a reliable player and a reliable backup. And that's what's really the, the thing here is that Mason had an opportunity. You know, he's been sitting on the bench. Last year he didn't even dress for, he dressed for one game all season. But he capitalized on his opportunity and completely changed the trajectory of his career. Had this not happened, I think there's a very real possibility he could be out of the league. Now, at a minimum, I think he's going to be a backup, but I think that there's a chance that the Steelers look at it and and even consider giving him an opportunity to compete for the starting job.
1: All right, let's talk about this weekend. The weather, uh, you know, predictably is going to be brutal. Uh, last I looked, they were talking about constant winds at 25 miles per hour, gusting up to 50 miles per hour in Buffalo. You know, I start looking at things like that, and I say to myself, Mike, you know, this is where – any sort of thing can happen. And we know how well the Steelers run the ball or can run the ball. Um, you know, I with weather like that, I feel like it gives them a fighting chance. Am I off base on that?
5: No, you're absolutely right. When I look at this game, if this was a beautiful 50-degree day in Buffalo, uh, Josh Allen can air the ball out, you know, I would give the Steelers zero chance. You know, I would I would bet... You know, I think the line right now is 10. I would take the the Bills and think that they would be able to cover something like that. But when you throw weather into the equation, that only can help the Steelers because they have, I think, one path to victory. And it's pretty obvious. You know, the the Bills are 28th in rushing defense. The Steelers have become one of the best rushing teams in the league the second half of the season. Najee Harris is coming off back-to-back 100-yard games. He might be playing the best football of his career, and that's not hyperbole. You know, earlier this year, there were questions about whether he was overdrafted, whether he was worth the first round pick. And now he's really come along and played his best football when it means the most. So that 100 percent is the formula for the Steelers. On the flip side, the other part of their formula is going to be how many times can you turn Josh Allen over? When does Josh Allen turn the football over? And where on the football field does he turn the football over? Because you know he's going to. You know, he's second in the league in turnovers. So if it's a wet day, it's a sloppy day, windy day, you know, not only is he not going to be able to attack downfield, that ball security becomes an issue. So I I think you're spot on with that. I think the Steelers, like, I don't know what they got to do, bribe the weatherman or something like that. But that's one (laughs) great way for them to to have a fighting chance in this game.
1: All right. Now, no T.J. Watt in this game um some would say the best defensive player in the national football league and you'd have a hard time arguing plays the run obviously great pass rusher who's going to be expected to at least contribute in his absence for this game and and, i mean you know it's stupid to ask you how big of a hit is it because you're asking about a team's best defensive player but how big of a hit is it
5: yeah i'll I'll sum it up pretty easily the steelers historically are one in ten without tj watt in last season uh, he was lost the first game of the year uh, after they beat the Bengals in that crazy game. The Steelers were one and six after that when they lost TJ Watt after he tore his pec. So, I mean, this is it's hard to overstate the importance. Not only do you lose a game wrecking force who, on any single down, can change the entire complexion of the game, you know, they also have to, when TJ Watt's on the field, throw double teams his way, send a running back his way, leave a running back in, or leave a tight end in, in to block. So, you know, without him, that is absolutely massive. Now, I will say this. General Manager Omar Khan and Assistant GM Andy Weidel made a very concerted effort to fortify the roster with quality depth. And at no position did they do a better job than outside linebacker. You know, they signed a guy, Marcus Golden, who's like a nine-year veteran in this Mm -hmm. league. And, and when he gets the opportunity, he's not TJ Watt, but he could rush the passer. And then they also drafted Nick Herbig out of Wisconsin. And he's an undersized guy that some people thought might have to play off ball. He's really proven with his motor, his speed, and, and also some mentorship from former Badger TJ Watt that he can get to the passer. And people have actually been clamoring for, like, can we see more Nick Herbig? Can we get more Nick Herbig? Well, Unfortunately, you got your wish and, and you're going to get more of him. Um, but so I, I do think that it's like a, it's a big, big test for the Steelers. But I think they're in a better position than they normally would be to handle it.
1: Mike, we appreciate your time as always. Uh, safe travels up to Buffalo. How, how long a drive is it? You're driving up there?
5: I am. And, you know, if things go well, it should be like a three and a half, four hour oh, drive. But okay. uh, they are predicting massive snowstorms on the way up, massive storms on the way back. Uh, so it'll be a bit of a journey we'll see how it goes all right godspeed my friend please be careful
1: all right thanks for your time today
5: absolutely thank you so much for having me
1: absolutely you can check out all this stuff uh at the athletic.com i talk about uh i talk about the athletic all the time Uh, they've gone out and hired guys like mike and the best writers sports writers in the country uh and you get phenomenal um phenomenal coverage so, I mean, you, you know, you can be, and look, there aren't a lot of Steeler fans in Cincinnati, but if you are a Steeler fan in Cincinnati, or if you're a fill-in-the-blank fan in Cincinnati, they have a beat writer on every team. They're not limited by space. And so you, you just get this incredible in-depth coverage of college sports, pro sports, Olympic sports. It really is. Uh, I said it earlier. I don't get any money from them. I pay for my own subscription. So, you know, nothing going on here. No payola. <laughs> so but but if you're really into sports uh even a late christmas present maybe you screwed up you're kind of feeling bad is it too late to kind of get that right or maybe you were late on your wife you know, maybe not wife but maybe you're you know your buddy of yours you know his birthday and you forgot about it or something like that so you know subscription to that might be a good idea
2: i think i'm gonna get my wife a subscription to the athletic for Valentine's that'd be too. good I, th- I think she would, she would, would really me. appreciate I that that or
1: a them. a blender Those always go over big.
2: Yeah, blender. Yeah. Yeah. If I got if I got Mariana a ninja blender, she actually would be excited about
4: that. I have a running gag with my mom. I give her some sort of kitchen appliance every Christmas and she always throws it out immediately.
2: (laughs) Why? Throws it
4: out? Well send it it to me. I'll take it. Mine or I'll break it 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 down. It started started innocently. It started innocently. Like it started with like a uh, they gave her a mug one year and then it just kept progressively getting worse. I think we got to like a, a potato carver or something like that Potato peeler potato peeler and it just kept it keeps going and then she just throws it out
2: hmm. fair enough i don't know if that's an appliance but yeah
1: yeah yeah um okay so we have a lot to get to we got Votch coming up in about uh, 20 minutes from now he'll be on at uh, 10 40 to talk about the cowboys and we're going to get into later in the show uh, what we said we were going to do yesterday before we had some uh, technical problems and that is, I'm going to rip off 1 through 14, who I think has the best chance to make the Super Bowl. Number 1 being the best chance, 14 being the worst. And you guys are going to pick that apart. That's right. Fair. That's fair. You got right. the list ready to go and everything? Yes, so yeah. we
2: have the list. And, Tom, I, I, we're going to eat it alive. It doesn't I'm stand not surprised chance. by that. It doesn't stand a chance.
1: Okay. And, again, for those of you that, that were unable to be with us, we weren't able to be with you. The thinking on this was, obviously, you start with who has the best team. I think it's pretty safe to say that as we sit here today, that the two teams that aren't playing this weekend are not playing for a reason. Correct. Because they're the best teams. Baltimore in the AFC, 49ers in the NFC. Okay. Then what I try to think of was, okay, not only who I think fills in after them as the best teams, but... Also trying to figure in playoff experience, where their games are going to be played. I made reference yesterday. Cleveland, for example. I think Cleveland is a really good team capable of winning the Super Bowl. They only lost five games all year. Well, six the last game. It didn't matter against the Bengals. But when they played their horses. But they would have to win three straight games on the road in the playoffs. And I don't know, ultimately, if they're going to be able to. It makes it a lot more difficult. So, for example, I think Cleveland is better than Buffalo. But as an early sneak preview, I have Buffalo ranked higher than Cleveland. Because Buffalo could have two games at home this weekend against right. the Steelers. And then next weekend against whoever wins and whoever doesn't. Right. So, two in a row in Buffalo without weather. And then, you know, weather wouldn't bother them if they have to go to Baltimore, right? Right. I mean, it'd be a break, in fact, to go to Baltimore. Right. Right. So, you know, that's what we tried to do. Uh, We figured in uh, the the, the teal uniforms into this thing.
2: You figured in how tough sledding it is to play the Steelers.
1: I tell you, I all of a sudden think that might be a game. We're going to get into our picks tomorrow. But I really think if the weather's as bad as Mike was just talking about and what we've been reading about, and you and I did this drill yesterday about how bad it's going to be in Buffalo – how right. bad it's going to be in Kansas City. Can't I mean, brutal this. cold. Brutal cold. 10, 15, 20 below wind chill. The high in Kansas City for this weekend is 9. And remember, that is a night game. So, it, I mean, it's going to be down to 2 or 3 or 0. 0, probably. Right? probably and be then negative. you mix in the wind, and here we go. How well can you throw the ball? You know, the Buffalo thing is what I thought of. Because when they used the word, I think it was constant. A constant wind at 25 miles per hour. Huge snowstorm. Winds gusting up to 50. Now, the last game I remember something like that happening, ironically, involved Buffalo when they played New England. The game where New England last year during the regular year, New England did not throw a pass in the game. Or didn't complete a pass in the game. Ran the ball like 50-something times and won the game. Right. They had no business on the field with Buffalo last year.
2: Bengals beat the beat the Bills in a snowstorm.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it wasn't like wind Correct. crazy, Correct. And, you know. But. Yeah, but you know, I I really think that this this weather is going to give Pittsburgh a chance to win this game. Anybody that thinks that Pittsburgh is going to be a pushover, they haven't been watching them. They look like a different team with Rudolph in there, and he just mentioned Najee Harris. People want to run him out of town, me included. Mm-hmm. about four or five weeks ago. Mm-hmm.
2: Both, both teams, the Steelers and the Bills, fired their offensive coordinator about seven weeks ago? Yep. Uh, Buffalo's, what, 6-1 and one since that time? Yeah. And the Steelers have, have come on as of late. But I don't know, Tom. I, I have a hard time believing the Steelers team. No offense to, to Lindsey in the room. I have a hard time believing the Steelers team is going to beat a charging Bills. I, have a hard now, time. Now, I also that, have a very hard time believing if the Miami Dolphins go into Kansas City... With a negative wind chill and beat the Chiefs, I will rescind everything I've said in the past year about the Kansas City Chiefs, everything, because I just can't see the Dolphins in their teal jerseys showing up to Kansas City and and winning that game.
1: teal.
4: T.J. Watt not being there is going to be the difference. I, right. If if they don't have him, it's it's they don't have a chance. I, I did believe in them somewhat uh, in a defensive game. I, I, Josh Allen is turnover prone, so if he if he throws three picks in a game, yeah, the Steelers can win, but.
2: What? You don't think that's No CJ Effler said Hamilton gets hit with bullets, not snow.
1: <laughs> oh, see, you did that to you. don't ever don't ever get on me and Elliot ever again. I wasn't gonna say Ever it. again. I,
2: I, I, I had a I had a reaction to that chat. It made me giggle and Elliot Elliot called me out and said, Tom's guy that?
4: Tom's guy, Mr. Balls, is here. Um I, I think I, I think if 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 the Steelers are able to make Josh Allen throw his usual two interceptions and one fumble. They have a chance. I don't believe in Mason Rudolph whatsoever. I really don't believe in the Steelers. But at some point, you have to look at a team with 10 wins and say they're doing something right. So I, I don't think it'll be a 10-point win for the Bills. I think it'll be closer than people
1: think. If you're wondering about Josh Allen in the postseason, he uh, he's played eight games. He's 4-4. Four and four. So in 19, he lost in the first game. Didn't throw a touchdown or a pick. In 2020, he played in three games. They got to the championship game. He went two and one, threw a total of five touchdowns, one pick. The next year in 21, they won a game, lost a game. He threw nine touchdowns, no picks. Yeah, that was the- and then last year, uh, they win one, they lose to the Bengals. He throws three touchdowns. He throws three picks. So in his eight playoff games, Josh Allen has 17 touchdowns, Against four interceptions and three of those were last year.
2: There's this like uh, thought that the Bills. It's also lost two
1: fumbles and fumbled the ball eight times. Only Josh lost Allen, two. Yep.
2: Josh Allen turns the ball over a lot, but he also scores a lot of points. Listen, there's this there's this idea that the Bills aren't very good in the postseason, and I'd ask the simple question: that over the past three years, how many teams have won more games than the Buffalo Bills in the postseason? The answer is like. The Chiefs, the Bengals, and the 49ers. That's it. So I don't know. It's it's not like— like Well, Lamar- the last
1: four years, I mean, I'm trying to think here for a second. Yeah, the Bengals have won five. Five. That's five. right. Okay.
2: And Kansas City's won more. And I believe the 49ers—I don't know about the 49ers, but I believe the 49ers have won more as well. Okay. But other than that, I don't think anybody has won more playoff games than the Buffalo Bills. Well, the Eagles have to,
1: right? They won They won three alone last year. Won. Haven't they won at least They, they were the
2: one seed. They won, they won one game last year. Oh, that's right. They got beaten the Super Bowl. Forgive me. Or, Forgive me. Two games. Two games. Yep. They, yep. they yep. won two games. So here, here's the thing is, like, the, the flack against Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens is a little deserving because Lamar Jackson hasn't shown up in the postseason. You know, in 2019, they were the best team in the league, and he didn't look very good. He was the unanimous MVP, and he didn't look very good. The Ravens deserve a little bit of flack for what they've done in the postseason. I don't necessarily believe that the Bills have. Because look at who the Bills have lost to. They lost in the, as you mentioned, the AFC Championship back in 2020 to the Kansas City Chiefs, who have been the model of success in the NFL. 2021, same thing. They lost to the Kansas City Chiefs in the divisional round, a game that they led with 13 seconds to go in the fourth quarter. And then they lose to a, a Bengals team, as we all know here in Cincinnati, that has been very tough. They went to Super Bowl, went to the AFC Championship. So I don't, it's not like they're losing to the Tennessee Titans. Right. It's not like they're losing to a Mason Rudolph's Pittsburgh Steelers team. I just have a very tough time believing that the Bills are going to lose this game. And I, and I don't understand where the flack that they don't, they don't do well in the postseason comes from.
1: If you're wondering about Lamar Jackson.
2: It's not been very good.
1: Owen won in 2018 through two touchdowns, one pick in one game. 2019 when
2: he was the unanimous mvp
1: they lost he threw one interception two touchdowns lost a fumble lost a fumble the year before two and then in 2020 they won a game so he does have one playoff win right they lost the second game uh he did not throw a single touchdown in those two games
3: he has threw not two
1: interceptions so career one and three three touchdowns five picks two lost fumbles
2: he has not been good. I think this could be a Lamar Jackson coming out postseason. though. He's never he, – he, he's not – those games you mentioned, he's not the player that he is now. He wasn't as good of a passer as he is You're now. You're right. He, he still doesn't get enough credit for how good of a passer You're
1: he is. You're right. He's, he's become a very good passer.
2: Right. The, the, everyone did the tongue-in-cheek thing. You've got a running back playing quarterback. And that might have been true back in 2018. He couldn't throw the ball very well. He throws the ball very well now. Yep. Very, he throws a very good ball. He, he's going to win the MVP. He's going to win his second MVP. Go look at the list of guys that have won two MVPs. He's still underrated as a passer. I think this is going to be a Lamar Jackson coming out postseason.
1: Okay. Uh, we do have so much to talk about with this whole <clears throat> Nick Saban, Bill Belichick thing. You know, tell me if you guys agree with the following. Casey, I'll start with you. Of the three guys that stepped away yesterday, all Hall of Famers, yep, all right. three, Pete Carroll, Nick Saban, and Bill Belichick. To me, it sounded like two of the three still want to coach. The only one I didn't get that feeling was about Saban. But I think Pete Carroll, even though they said he's going to be a consultant, I think if somebody came after Carroll to coach, he would still coach. It's a feeling I got just watching him in the press conference. And certainly Belichick wants to still coach. Right. You agree with that? I agree with that. Okay. Okay. So if you agree with that, Rita said that 28 of the 32 teams in the NFL ought to be looking at a guy like Bill Belichick. Does Pete Carroll fit into that bill?
0: Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, Pete Carroll, I don't think he fits, I mean, 28 out of the 32 teams, I think is a... A yeah, bit of a stretch. There's me. eight There's eight head coaching vacancies so far. 25% of the league is looking for a new head coach. That's Seattle. So you got to take that out of the equation. Patriots, Commanders, Falcons, Titans, Raiders, Panthers, Chargers. And out of those teams, I think maybe the Falcons and maybe the Raiders, uh, Panthers – Chargers, maybe Commanders, like those are the teams I think would want Pete Carroll. I think all the teams should look at Bill Belichick. Um, maybe not the Titans because they just let go of Mike Frable, and that's more of the the Patriot way. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think Pete Carroll should be sought after, but I don't think he's the long term solution for any team because both those guys are past their prime. They're, uh, I think they they've. I wouldn't say lost a step, but they are certainly not with the the new age of the NFL. And I think that's very clear with just how the seasons have turned out for both teams.
1: Okay, well, let me ask you this. It's interesting you bring that up because we only have a few minutes before Vach is going to join us. So we can get into all of this after uh, he's with us. But you just said something to me that I was thinking about as all this was unfolding last night and then this morning. When we talk about new age of the NFL... And I think Brian Billick sort of hit on this a little bit in our visit with him two days ago. And he made the tongue-in-cheek reference, if you ever had lunch with Sean McVay, well, you're the guy that everybody wants to hire, right? Right. And so when I look at the new age of, of head coaches in the National Football League, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, you could have the Zach Taylors. You could have the Brandon Staley's. Right Right, And we could go on and on and on and on and on, right? The yeah. Josh McDaniels, you know, all these Uber smart, creative, blah blah blah, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Are any of those guys out there better than Pete Carroll? Are any of those guys out there better than Bill Belichick? Is Mike McDaniels? Would you rather have tomorrow getting your team ready for a playoff game? Pete Carroll or Mike McDaniels? Would you rather have tomorrow Pete Carroll or Brandon Staley? Would you rather have tomorrow Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick, or Zach Taylor? Point is, I'm not asking you to, to, to name the answer to all those three, but you yeah. get the point I'm making here is, is that who are these new age coaches? And what have they done? No, I mean, I I, I get what you're saying. I mean,
0: I, like I said, I think most of the teams should be looking at Pete Carroll, but... Again, if you're following the trend of the NFL, winning like the sex, the the, the successful winning. Sorry, let me try to speak here. The successful path to that was winning a 40 and slip there, Casey. That was to, to winning Ooh. NFL games is going younger. I mean, you just look at Houston, D'Amico, D'Amico, Ryan's, Zach Taylor is an example of this. Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan. Uh, the list goes on and on uh, of young coaches that are being uh, just very successful. Mike McDaniels is another guy. I'm not saying that Pete Carroll isn't as good as, as those guys, but the NFL needs to learn to adapt quickly. And with guys like Pete Carroll, guys like Bill Belichick, I feel like they take a little time to adapt. And they they, they, they aren't as quick to the times. So that's – My only uh, hesitation with those guys and also the fact that Pete Carroll, if he's going to be coaching, it's probably not going to be for very long. They probably want a guy that, if they get a guy, will be a long-term solution. Same thing with Belichick. They're going to want a guy that can be there for a while. And to me, it sounds like Belichick only wants to break the winning record and then get out. That's what it sounds like to me. I don't know that. I don't know what his, what his uh, desires are. but
2: yeah, I don't know how much ego Bill Belichick has, so that uh, seems like an ego thing. But I, I'm not, not saying you're wrong. Listen, if, if, you, want, if you want a, a take here, I, if you're asking me yep. if I'd rather have Pete Carroll or Bill Belichick coach my team next year, I wouldn't even think twice I'd prefer B- Pete Carroll. I think Pete Carroll has shown more of an ability to adapt to the current age of the NFL. And I get, I get what you're saying about what have these young guys done as opposed to the tenure. Well, if and I don't the-
1: know how much I did. And I and I'm just going to say, I want to qualify something here for a second. When I'm talking about young guys, I'm talking about guys that have been hired the last two, three years. I mean, McVeigh's still the youngest coach in Correct. the league, Correct. but he's been around Correct. for a while. Right. Kyle Shanahan's a young man, but he's been around for a while. I don't look at those guys as the new age guy. I'm looking at the, McT- the last just couple of years. The McDaniels, the Zach Taylor. Well,
2: mcdaniel has been around for a while.
1: He's, How long has he been a head coach?
2: But he's been a head coach not for, for two years. But like, well, if that's you're, what I'm this, talking it, about. I'm oh. talking about
1: within the last two or three years, young guys that have been given head coaching jobs. Well, Who's
2: re- standing out? Well, the reason that they're doing that is because of the success of Sean McVay. I Shayahan When they got those those uh, young positions. Listen, I, I, I think Bill Belichick is the best coach the NFL has ever seen. That being said, I've had this take for a while now, is it feels like the game has gone past him. I would even go a step further than that. I'd rather have Zach Taylor be the head coach over Bill Belichick. And you guys might think I'm absolutely crazy for saying that. And I understand why you would think that's crazy for saying that. But, like, I just, I don't, I haven't seen Bill Belichick succeed, succeed without Tom Brady. Okay, you, okay, okay. Can, 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 can I ask you
1: something? Okay, but can I ask you this? What has Zach Taylor done without Joe Burrow? And don't tell me about. Don't well, tell Tom, me. I mean, hang Tom. on, hang on, hang on, because be very it seems careful, ladies. Like be logic very, to very careful tape. in See what you're he's... about to say, because there was one season that Brady got hurt and did not play the entire year, and some guy nobody ever heard of named Garoppolo comes walking in and Matt wins a division Matt, title. Castle. So, you know, don't don't say, oh, what Zach Taylor did with Jake Browning. Don't throw that at me because Belichick's done better than that. He got him to the playoffs. How do you think Zach Taylor would do with Bailey Zappi every day? Did you really say just a second ago? I did. You would take Zach Taylor over Bill Belichick with, a, with, 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 with Joe Burrow as the quarterback. Correct. Just like he had Brady. Correct. You would rather have Zach Taylor as your head coach. Then Bill Belichick.
2: Those were the words and that exact order. That was the cadence I used when I said the take, and I stand by it. Okay. And the reason I, I seriously just think I can't wait to clip this out that Bill Belichick. <laughs> no,
1: I don't want any part of this. Being I know I'm gonna out. have. No, some. It makes me sound like I'm bad mouthing Taylor. Well, no, you're not, not mouth bad mouthing Taylor. You're,
4: you're not, not bad, bad mouthing mouth and and Taylor. Mouth. He's bad mouthing Bill Belichick. I think that Bill Belichick is as stubborn as he gets. He went to the and playoffs with Mac Jones.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But listen, I just think that I, I think the game is past him. I think that some whoever hires Bill Belichick because he will get hired by someone, they will not succeed. I don't think Bill Belichick will succeed in this league wherever he goes. And you might call me crazy. We'll see how we'll see how the tape full, full unfolds in a couple of years. Would I rather have Pete Carroll than, than Zach Taylor? Yeah, probably because I've seen Pete Carroll adapt to the Times. I've seen Pete Carroll succeed in other ways. I've not seen that with Bill Belichick. You're the person who
4: says if you, if you don't have a quarterback, you have nothing, correct? Yeah. So what does Bill Belichick have at quarterback? He's got two guys that can't play the position. He's
2: got a po- Pro Bowl quarterback. He's got two goes. guys that can't
4: oh play gosh. the position. He has two guys that can't play the position.
1: All right. That's all right. Well, we're t- going to continue <laughs> all t- this. T- I'm going to ask my main man. We'll see. My main man. There he is. Looking good. Is that camo you got working there today, Votch?
6: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, uh just you know, born and raised as a Mississippi character, I moved out to Texas. I just uh, you know, brought some things with me, you know, and I always rock my uh camo as an ex-hunter, current fisherman, you know what I'm saying? So I like to I like to throw a little bit in there. Can I just say one thing about the topic that y'all, you know, Absolutely. Y'all I was gonna man. ask you your thoughts up? So I think the league needs young coordinators, right? But there's something about an old coach that just needs to balance all that out, right? Yep. So you need the young coordinator to be up at five in the morning, to be competitive, to have all that energy and to grind tape and to figure out how to beat this defense or that whatever, whatever. But it's something about having a, a 90-year-old coach that you, know, you go, oh, I've been in this situation five times and I did that, or I was here and I did that. To your point about Shanahan, Shanahan's been coaching for, like, 20-something years or whatnot. So (laughs) he's been coaching since he was was 19. So he's not a new dude, right? But Mike McDaniel is going to be in a situation that he's not – that he's not prepared for. And, and and that's just something that you get with Pete Carroll that you get with Belichick. Something else that you get with a guy like Belichick, Belichick can make a top whatever defense it is right now. It's, it's, it's a, a solid looking defense out of 11 complete strangers. Christian Gonzalez is hurt. Uh, uh, what's my man, Judon, the pass rusher, Matt Judon is hurt. And they still have a a very a very reputable defense that you can look at and be like hey man that defense can hold josh allen or that defense can hold you know justin herbert top tier quarterback to 15 points all right bailey zappy (laughs) go get us 20 and we'll win i would love to just run down the game logs run down the numbers and stats and see man how many points would i need per game to make this patriots team like a winning football team. And I bet you'd be surprised about the amount of times that the defense did their job, but Mac Jones just simply could not. Yeah. I, hey, I, don't, hey, I, don't, hey, I don't, I don't, I
1: don't know. Go ahead. Go ahead. Hey, no, I know. You, you just brought up something, about you that I was going to ask you about from the get-go anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, look, some of the comments made this week by Jerry Jones – the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, in reference to his head coach, Mike McCarthy. Uh, You predicted that the Cowboys were going to get on a late season run here. They only had two games. They were a little off outside of that. You could argue they've been the best team in the NFL uh, at least over 15 games for this entire season. Um, They're division champs. Uh, They will play this weekend against Green Bay, and we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, Jerry Jones is not saying, hey, all is kosher here with, uh, with Mike McCarthy. We judge this operation on a game-by-game basis, and there have been rumors that Jones loves Belichick. What are your thoughts of this whole thing right now at Big D?
6: Well, Jones loved Belichick in the 90s when they met at some, I don't know, Golden Corral or something whenever they ran into each other. like So, look, Jerry Jones <laughs> on the radio every single week. Jerry Jones on the radio every single week and you know, you just got to listen to Jerry Jones, but don't, don't come out here listening to Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones ain't talking about nothing, but he's told this story before that he bumped into, he bumped into, um, into, um, belichick and they were at i don't know some grocery store or something he was like, hey i would love you to be the head coach of the cow but this is when he was leaving the browns and transitioning into patriots or whatnot so yeah that is a conversation that came out that they had one time but i don't think there's a conversation that they had nowhere near 111 2024 i mean and, and, and look let's just let's just be fair here jerry jones loves bill belichick Tom, you love Bill Belichick. I love Bill Belichick. Shouldn't we all love the the greatest head coach in in in, in all That's football? So, yeah. I, I'm sure. To 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 Jerry Jones' point, every game should be game by game. Jerry what I do like about Jerry, and and he's a an old he's an old businessman first, you know. So you you need to earn your money. Hey, you did well, but this is a results based business. So yeah, you went twelve and 5, 12 and 5, 12 and five. But if we get to the playoffs and lay a stinker versus Green Bay, you you got some explaining to do. But I don't think that Mike McCarthy's job is in is in danger at all. I think Mike McCarthy's done just fine. I think. Ever since the bye week, what you know, Mike McCarthy's done, you know, just to to change this team and change this offense. I, I, I mean, it, it, Jerry would be foolish to try to move on from Mike McCarthy to hire who to hire who. Nah, no, nah, no, nah, no, nah, no, nah. No. And, and 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 to your point, right? One thing I really love about Mike McCarthy, right? And it's and is and it's not a whole bunch. But what I love, love, love about Mike McCarthy is when something is wrong, he'll be like, "I, right, my bad, that's my fault." Yep. I'll fix it. He, he he hired all his best friends, Jim Tom Sula come in there, Mike Nolan come in there, Joe Philbin come in there. But if it's problems, y'all gotta go. With this kellen moore thing everybody's telling mike mccarthy hey man kellen moore is the the new young hot shot the new young we just talk about young coaches right now kellen moore is the guy and we'll go and score a thousand points but you put your defense in jeopardy mike mccarthy just simply wants you to keep scoring but slow down a little bit so your defense can fly but kellen moore doesn't understand that because he doesn't have enough time behind the you know what i'm saying so now, what we see from that, Keller Moore is, is is down there with them fellas. I don't want to talk about Kellen Moore no more. He's not a cowboy. He hadn't been a cowboy in a long time. But what we see now is we see this offense. We lean on deck. We're, we're much, much more tactful with how we uh, take our shots. Much more tactful with how we, okay, I'll just concede and let my defense play. We're much more tactful with, okay, we may not need, uh, you know, the league leading rusher and Zeke. We'll just run the ball when we need to run the ball, but let my quarterback work. And Mike McCarthy has figured all this out. So the young guy just needed some balance there. The old dude saw the picture. So I think Mike McCarthy's done a fantastic job, and that's the reason why we're the NFC East champs better than the Eagles and we're going to play a playoff game. And All I'm, right,
1: you know, you Vach, I got a couple of guys in our chat here that are asking me. They, 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 one, one Everett says, Vach is going to disappear in that camo in the woods just like Dak does in the playoffs.
6: Well, that's that's. What, cute, what are your but, thoughts? <laughs> I couldn't well, resist that one.
1: I couldn't resist. Has anybody told it's, you you look more and more like Cam Newton every day?
6: Nope.
1: <laughs> Nobody's ever told you that, that you nope. look like – are you guys in agreement with me on this? Is Vach looking a little bit like Cam Newton? When Newton wears a hat. Uh, all right. Okay. All right. Never mind. I don't Watch like a lot of people. Back to your questions. Back to your, no, you back to your to you, question.
6: Sure. Um. I mean, it's a it's a it's a fun narrative to run with that Dak Prescott uh doesn't show off um, doesn't show up in these games. But I mean, name the. Be quarterbacks that have showed up more than him in these playoff games. I mean, just let's just look at at Dak and his playoff wins. I think he's up to four right now. I mean, I get it, but look at the quarterbacks that you know you may you may like, sir. So I mean, look at these guys like Deshaun Watson or like Lamar Jackson. Look at a yep. guy like Justin Herbert. Trevor Lawrence seems to seems to melt his way out of things all the time. So <laughs> I think it's 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 cool to say, yeah, Dak Prescott is gonna lose a playoff game, right? But that's because you know it's fun to hate the Cowboys, and, and I'm not telling you, uh commenter. In the chat box here. I'm not telling you to not hate the Cowboys. This show world, this is a free country. God bless America, dog. You can hate the Cowboys all you want. It's fun. I understand that because I hate the Eagles. So I I enjoy hating on them, right? But Dak Prescott, like you would forget that Dak Prescott won a playoff game last year on the road and, and, and blew out the Buccaneers, or him beating the Seahawks, him beating the Lions in the playoffs. It's just you only remember when Dak loses in the playoffs. And that's yep. part of the game. I get it. Um so Dak can go out there and win a game this week. Dak can win the game next week. But if he loses in the championship game, that's all you're going to remember. So just remember that Dak has more playoff wins than some of your favorite quarterbacks. And, you well, know,
1: you. And, and, and when you look inside some of the numbers, the numbers don't lie. I mean, he does have a couple of playoff wins. He has four losses, but he's thrown 11 touchdown passes and thrown only five interceptions. He has not True. lost a single fumble in a playoff game in a total of six games. So we were just given some of the numbers a minute ago of, you know, Josh Allen. He might have a couple of more wins, but... He gives the ball away a lot, not as much as he does during the regular season. Lamar Jackson's numbers, meanwhile, two touchdowns in his playoff career, five interceptions, and has lost some fumbles. So I think you're right. What, what, you know, I, I'm curious, why, why do you think? Do you think it's because of the attention given to the Cowboys? Because they get more attention than anybody in the league. I was trying to explain to our audience last week, and you touched on it earlier. Sure. There is no other city or fan base where the owner comes on and is interviewed after every game, has his own local radio show. Okay, we don't mm-hmm. have that here with Mike Brown. They don't have that sure. in Baltimore. They don't have that in San Francisco with Jed York. They don't have any of that stuff going on. They have it going on in Dallas. Do you think the DAC takes so much heat because it's the Dallas Cowboys? When in reality, if you look at the numbers, his numbers, as you just said, are a lot better than a lot of other guys. Who people say good things about.
6: Well, Tom, um, I think, I think people like um they like to be hurt. People like to be tortured, people like to be captors, you know. Like, first of all, I love social media, right? I think Twitter's one of the greatest things to ever come out in the history of man, right? But Twitter doesn't hurt my feelings because I don't follow people that I don't like. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So if if I go, man, boy, they talk about the cowboys every day on first take. I'm just simply going to not watch first take. It is what it is. But people love to be hurt. People love to be captors. Stockholm Syndrome. They love, they love their captors, right? So if you're a if, if you're an athlete and you're on the bench and you may not have a good relationship with whoever it is starting, you may hate that person, right? If you're right. a non-popular person and there's a popular person and you're not popular, then you may, you know, just you know, you may say you, you, you may have a little extra hate about that popular person. If you get to know that popular person, you may love that Dak Press got He's a good dude. Met him in real life. He's bigger than me. He's fantastic. He, you know what I'm saying? He 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 loves the fans. Great dude. Walter Payton man of the year last year. Um and fantastic yep. quarterback, right? Fantastic quarterback. I don't know where's where's this note. I mean it's Pat Mahomes does it, you know, to where all right, we want all these 24-year-old quarterbacks to be Super Bowl champions right now. Most of your most of your 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 quarterbacks end up in their greatness when they're when they're 30 right yep. move all the freaks right all the freaky quarterbacks away right most of your best quarterbacks like tom really didn't turn to tom until he was 30. he wasn't great when he was winning those super bowls that was that was defense that was bruskin that was harrison and all them but tom really turned into a, 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 a just a dude when he was 30. roffensberger breeze peyton manning didn't win a super bowl till late in his t- t- those dudes become that way later yep. Dak prescott who had, who's had a great young career, <laughs> who had a great young career that he's never gonna get credit for. And now he's in his thirties. He's 30 now, he's a dad, he got dad strength now, and now he's even better than he's ever been. But nobody wants to acknowledge that because of just that, hey, the popular guy's getting the attention and my team is doing this X, Y, Z. That's the reason why the Cowboys are America's team, right? I don't proclaim, you know, that, that I I, I don't force nobody to go watch the Cowboys. But the fact that you say, well, Dak, how about this, what did Skylar Thompson do last year in the playoffs I bet they wouldn't know I bet they wouldn't know what did what did what did uh what did the Seahawks do what did the Seahawks do in the playoffs the year before that y'all don't remember huh how about this Joe Burrow goes to the Super Bowl right but people don't necessarily remember that the Bengals really had a hard time on that run Evan McPherson was the hero on yep, that run you're
1: right <laughs> but you're hey Joe, Joe's incorrect.
6: but Joe's in the Super Bowl so hey let's roll with these guys Jimmy Garoppolo he won a damn playoff game throwing the ball six times, Tom. But Jimmy Garoppolo is a playoff quarterback because he's gone to a Super Bowl, right? So it's all about optics. And you guys in the chat should feel bad that you just believe whatever the machine feeds you. So,
1: well, it's there's only one fees. guy, so I, I don't want to say everybody in here. Now, let me ask That's you it. about this matchup this week. Um, you know, look, the Cowboys are clearly the better team. But we know once you get in the it's, postseason, anything can happen. And they are facing a guy in Jordan Love who Mm -hmm. you could make a very strong case, uh, is right Mm -hmm. there with Dak for the hottest quarterback right now uh, in the National Football League. I mean, this guy's on a roll. What worries you about Green Bay, if anything?
6: Jordan Love is incredible. Um... But it's more so the run game with me. And I don't even have that much fear of the run game because that's another narrative that the Cowboys can't stop the run. The Cowboys really had a bad day versus three running backs. James Conner, James Cook with, with, the, uh, with the Bills, and uh, Miles Sanders with the Panthers. But besides that, there's a long list of top-tier running backs that couldn't get 60 yards rushing versus the Dallas Cowboys. And that's the, the that um, you know, Gibbs, Montgomery, that tandem, you know, guys like Christian McCaffrey, guys like Brees Hall, these great running backs, those guys didn't have great rushing days versus the Cowboys. the Andre Swift, guys like Saquon Barkley. Do your homework, guys. So there's going to be this narrative that the Cowboys can't stop the run, but that's okay. They do. All they got to do is deal with Aaron Jones. They just got to deal with Aaron Jones because the Cowboys' superpower on defense, this is where this all coming together, right? The, 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 The Cowboys' superpower on defense is to make you throw the football. Jordan Love is incredible. But there's not a quarterback in this league that I'm afraid of their passing game because I know what my passing defense can do. Whether it be Gilmore and De'Ron Bland at corner, whether it be where my safeties are, whether it be Michael Parsons and uh, and uh, Tank Lawrence pass rushing, I feel good about my passing defense. So all the Cowboys have to do to win is they got to score on offense, in which I think we will because the Packers' defense is is horrendous and all yep. their metrics are in the 30s. Um, we have to score points and make them throw the football. If they throw the football, then the Cowboys get to get – to, move on to the next round of the postseason. And the best part about all this time is the Cowboys are better than them. The Cowboys are a more talented team than them. But yeah, people can call me Bias Cowboy fan all they want. Cowboys at home are a totally different team. And the Cowboys got two home games. So I'm going to be incredibly uh, positive about these next two Cowboy games. All
1: right. Vach, you are the man. We can't thank you enough for joining us. You're always there. You always answer the bell. You answer the call. Uh, uh, did you have something for Vach real quick? I have one quick question. Thing. If if, if Vach will Please. let me hear uh, you mentioned you mentioned uh you mentioned
4: Evan McPherson. Your guy, yes, Brandon Aubrey, kicks yes, every 50 makes every 50 yard kick in the world. Who's who do you think's gonna have a better year? Who's gonna let me let me change my question? Who's gonna have a better postseason? McPherson two years ago or Aubrey this postseason?
6: Man, McPherson went on a run, dog. McPherson went on a run. And, and, so I'm gonna say McPherson. And it's, it's it's probably because I've I've seen him do it already. But I just have a feeling that the Cowboys at home, right? So these next two games, I just think the Cowboys are are, are just gonna do well enough on offense to where we just wouldn't need Brandon yep. Arby to just save us in that way. Yep. Um, this offense is different. This C D Lamb is ridiculous. Dak Prescott oh, yeah. with C D is ridiculous. Jake Ferguson is emerging. I just I just think that the Cowboys offense will do enough to where we wouldn't need. Um, Brandon Aubrey in that way. But McPherson, Save the day many a times. I don't. I don't think the Cowboys are are going to be very much in that position. Now, if we get to the conference championship game and we play San Francisco and we got to go to their house and we're going to be a different offense on the road and that's the, one of the top defense in the league and you know points may not be coming all that often, then maybe I'll change my answer and Brandon Arby would be a hero. But as of now, Evan McPherson deserves a statue. In
1: well, he, he's like a great that. story. There's no doubt about that and, and what he's done with Dallas this year is just mind-boggling and uh and botch happy new year my friend thank you for your time and your expertise as always we'll be we'll be dialed in on the cowboys against the pack this weekend
6: appreciate it, let me just say what i like about you before i go man you know when i come in you have faith in me as a content dude to not just talk cowboys like we'll talk about coaches we'll talk of about course. what happened with the Bengals. You know what I'm saying? You know, you know, some some people bring me in and I only get to talk about Cowboys and offensive line. I think I could talk some other things, Dude, but but you appreciate the you guy. for... The you know, things.
1: you made your Mark Votch last year on this program. When you were the guy, we wouldn't even be having this discussion right now here in Cincinnati about what they're going to do at right tackle with Jonah mm-hmm. Williams yeah. undoubtedly leaving, okay? Yeah. We wouldn't be having this conversation about the right tackle position if Duke Tobin had listened to Botch Lombardi and said, boys and girls, the guy's right up the road in Columbus, Ohio. The answer to all of your problems is Dewan Jones. You said he was the best offensive lineman coming out in the draft. And when that cat took over at right tackle in the first week of the season till he got hurt, that dude was on it.
3: Hey,
6: thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, I just, you know, I don't I don't get this a whole bunch. People just, you know, say I don't know nothing. Who is this guy? Does he coach for the league? Is he a GM? Yeah, I you know, what's why should I listen to this guy? So thank you very much. I don't I don't I don't get that a whole bunch, but you know, thank
1: you very much. Appreciate so everybody so bright, watching live right now. The future's so bright, Botch has gotta wear shades. That's a big league Mario <laughs> so Kart much, poster back there too, by the way.
6: I got a lot of stuff back here. I got some Mario Kart right there, Outcast right there, Jules Winfield from Pulp Fiction. Uh, I had to outlaw Josie Wales down there, but uh, something happened to him. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I just uh, just a little bit of me. This is about to be totally different. I'm an adult now, so I'm about to move to Dallas and um, and um, and uh, buy a house. So uh,
1: you know, there we go. ultimately, wow. congratulations, this is congratulations. Hey you, know,
6: hey, you know, content does okay these days. You know, so amen, I, you know, appreciate you.
1: Amen. We wish you nothing but appreciate the very best, Botch. Thanks for your time, man. Have a great weekend.
6: Thank you very much. Y'all be cool. All right. God speed ahead. Love
1: that dude.
2: Always love an outcast fan. Always love an outcast fan. He's the best. He is the best. He's Go. the
1: best guest we get on here. By far. No no it's not close. No
2: doubt. Brings the energy.
1: Casey, you and Botch were the only two. You were you and well, actually, I was included in this group as well. We were like vo- you know, voices off in the wilderness. Have you ever been to the Grand Canyon? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, can you imagine standing South Rim? And with all every, you know, breath of air you can get, scream as loud as you can, right? Right. You're really screaming at no one except God above, right? That's right. That's right. We were doing that last year for the Bengals regarding Dewan Jones. Yeah. I mean,
0: I, I sat here, pound, pounded my fists on this table for a few guys, like Sam Laporta and Dewan Jones, yep. and they go on to have fantastic rookie seasons. Both got hurt at the end of their uh, rookie years. But, you know, it is what it is. I really like Votch a lot. Uh, he's not just a really good Dallas Cowboys content creator, like you he said. He, he knows a lot about the NFL. He studies the game very closely. He's a great talent evaluator. Uh, you just go look at some of the stuff that he's predicted throughout the years, um, like wanting Micah Parsons, um, stuff like that. And uh, you just have a lot of respect for the guy because he's right most of the time.
2: Votch is a great talent evaluator. You know who's a bad talent evaluator? Bill Belichick. Correct. Not very good.
4: Uh, by the way, a couple super chats. Tom by SirBoy, uh, the Ravens have no chance. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, let, me, I, well, I, let me read the second one. Uh, Mr. Mo. Uh, you're right. They don't this weekend because they don't play. Go ahead. Mr. Moe, uh, the attention the fans their owner calling themselves America's team skip shameless the list of reasons to dislike the cowboys goes on that was supposed to be for vach, if vach is still listening uh, still that was is, a, that was a super
1: he, chat for you he is he's on you know some big league operation somewhere
4: that's a super chat by mr mo listen I, I i actually don't hate this cowboys team i i used to hate the cowboys my dad still likes the cowboys a little bit he's obviously he's a oh, Bengals tom. fan tom does tom does like the uh, tom does like the cowboys a little bit so um, but I think Dak's awesome. I think I think Dak's a, uh, an underrated quarterback just, right. because, just because every once in a while it seems like he has a bad game, but so does every quarterback ever. So I, I'm a Dak guy. CeeDee Lamb has been quietly one of the – has he been a top three receiver this season? He has, right? I'll double check, but he, he's been very close to that. Almost certainly a top three receiver in the NFL. So, uh, yeah, I, I like the Cowboys. The only thing about the Cowboys that worries me is that they don't seem to have a run game. Tony Pollard, I know that was supposed to be their guy. And that's the one exception, I would say, to Reed's take of running backs can be replaced at a, at a whim, on a whim, because Tony Pollard certainly is not.
2: Do you think it's because of Tony Pollard or do you think it's something else?
4: It's probably something else, but, okay, a, but, so... but Tony Pollard certainly gets some blame, no. You think,
2: you think, you think Zeke would have done better?
4: I think prime Zeke would have done better, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah.
4: But... Well, am I allowed to say that. I mean, what are we doing here? That's why, that's why you say some
1: running backs are better. They can't be easy, easily replaced. He is the first guest, Vach Lombardi is. That has ever, ever, and maybe ever again, will make reference to the Stockholm syndrome. (laughs) That was big league. I mean, he just slipped that right in there and off we go. You know? I mean, that's that's big league stuff. That's why we have Botch on the program. All right, we got lots to get to today. We're going to play the 1 through 14 game. We got to talk about, when we first come back, let's talk about Xavier because we have some people in here that want us to talk. We won't spend very long because okay. there aren't that many people that want us to talk about okay. Xavier. There really aren't. We could talk about UC for hours, but Xavier, not so much. Is that fair to say, Elliot? It's
4: fair to say. Okay. All right. <laughs> Bot-
1: I, think I, I think I've just hurt once again. Uh, and by the way, somebody took issue. Casey, look up the numbers for me, please. Somebody took or, or read somebody in the chat and I'm not going to go back and look for it somebody took issue and this goes to show you how on his game botch Lombardi is okay he made reference to what the Bengals did on offense during their run to the Super Bowl okay 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 in the playoff games right right if I'm not mistaken it was Tennessee the year they went to the Super Bowl right Raiders, Tennessee. Raiders, Tennessee. Raiders, Chiefs. 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 Yep. Okay. How many offensive touchdowns did the Bengals score in those three games? I'll
2: have that answer for you. So he looks in it a a up, minute.
1: Casey, while you take it away. And we got lots to talk about uh, still coming up on the show. Why are our numbers down today? They're really down today. Uh, uh, Any explanation? Because it's a bright, sunny day and. People want to get out and mow the lawn in Hamilton. I mean, what's
3: the deal? We
2: didn't have we didn't have a show yesterday, so we probably lost a, a little bit of viewership there. Um, you know, I think the Bengals fans that are in the chat maybe maybe didn't like the Fabo being on here because you know we just we just dislike the Steelers, and that's fair. We dislike the Steelers like the Cowboys dislike the Eagles. Everyone has their rivals, and that's that's okay. But I'm looking up uh, I'm looking up how many points how many touchdowns the Bengals had in their four games in 2021 postseason.
1: Yeah, it's not as many as you might think he was spot on what he said there it was the defense and it was the heroics of evan mcpherson which led the bengals in the tennessee game alone burrow got sacked what six times seven times Nine, nine. nine. nine forgive me there's good offense
0: wasn't the greatest
1: performance all right all right casey take it away
0: all right, well, the uh, Bengals Bearcats report is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data center world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop the data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing modules to improve efficiency and productivity. productivity. You can visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. And let me tell you about this lovely bottle of water right here. Pawnee Water. Made right here in Hamilton, Ohio. Uses natural limestone filtration. Unlike the artificial processing that other brands use, the result is a healthy alkaline water, and some say the best tasting water in the world. Visit Pawnee Water at pahhni com to see where we buy this great tasting water. <clears throat> Get your coffee from UDF, technology solutions from Encore, and drink lots of Pawnee Water. You want to take a guess
2: on how many touchdowns the Bengals had in their four games in the 2021 postseason run?
0: Uh, I'm going to say, well, whole postseason, including Super Bowl, all four games. I'm going to say seven. I'm going to say yep. eight.
2: Elliot was right, seven. Boom. Wow. Yep. It's not a lot. Two, two in each game, one in the Tennessee Titans game. <coughs> yeah. so. It's so. Not a lot. Seven. So seven. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what to say. I,
3: That's fair. People, hey.
2: people, people are right when when they belittle. When they try, and, and it is an effort. It is an effort to belittle what Joe Burrow has done, and, and they are right that their offense hasn't been a major portion of the, the Bengals' two playoff runs that they had over the past two years. Um, but I will also say, if you look at the regular season, those are the best two quarterback years in Bengals' history. Um, in back-to-back years, Joe Burrow broke the passing touchdown record, franchise passing touchdown record. Um, in back-to-back years, he threw for 4,500 yards. So, like, it goes both ways. You're playing really good teams, still won the games. So, I don't know. I mean, they scored 26 points against the Raiders, 27 points against the Chiefs. They scored, I mean, like, they, they average in the mid tw- low to mid-20s over those runs. So, it's not like they're not scoring points. It's just they, Evan McPherson did have a big, a big portion. He, he made some big-time kicks. So I got an off-topic question for you. Sling it my way, Big Thumpin.
4: Whose side are you on in the uh, Whitlock versus Stephen A.? Oh, that
0: was... Did you see
4: Insane. That, that. that was crazy. I The the lead-up
0: to that segment, I don't know if anyone watched <laughs> that video clip. I saw it. I, saw I mean, it. he's like, I got to apologize to everybody and just list off everyone. <laughs> just start I slandering my his name. <laughs> <laughs> I told
4: my pastor. I, I, Stephen A. is the best. Stephen A. is just I do the
2: like best. Stephen. I do like Stephen A. Tom, to answer your question, the Bengals, you want to guess how many touchdowns they had in their 2021 Super Bowl run their four in games? four they, games. Four games
1: they played. I'm going to say they scored... Eight.
2: They scored seven touchdowns. Okay. Two two in each game, one against the Titans. So.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, that's that's not exactly what you would call high-powered offense. 14 points out of your offense in three games each. Right. And then one touchdown in the other is not big-time offense. So, yeah. whoever took offense to that, uh, Vach was, was spot on. How many how many field goals during that run, if you don't mind me? I know it's throwing you on the spot. And you no, got to no, go dig back too. through the box it's scores. 13. How many field goals – so if they scored seven touchdowns i think it's safe to say that mcpherson probably Ooh. did not miss an extra point Three, so he scored seven points there alone okay
2: i'm not doing it too no that but way.
1: i'm going to play this game for a minute in my head if they scored seven offensive touchdowns seven times six is 42 if my anderson high school math is correct correct okay 14. Right. he kicked 14 field goals 2021 20, 14 field goals attempted,
4: 14 field goals
2: made. Seven, eight. I mean, eight, th- eight in the first two games. But he
1: kicked 14 total in that postseason run. That's what I'm seeing, 48 points. So the last time I checked, 14 times three puts him at 42. Right? Correct. Okay, I, I wouldn't mind. Yeah. So yeah, he scored times four. 14 field goals. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, come on. He scored almost as many points as the offense did.
2: Oh yeah, man, he's also he's too. also not kicking. 80, he's not kicking eighty-five yard field goals so like the offense has to get him in position to yeah. kick. So yeah. the, I mean, like the offense gets him ready to kick, and and there is validity to say like, hey, they're not scoring they're not punching it in. But still, I mean, he's he's a bunch of those kicks. You remember the fifty yarders? He also kicked a couple thirty yarders. Like it's the offense has to get you in position to kick the ball. But yeah, I get I hear it. I, listen, it's, it's, they're, they're true. These are true facts. They did not score a whole lot of touchdowns, couldn't get in, had some red zone inefficiency. If, if they were a lot more efficient in the red zone, probably none of those games would come down to the wire. They'd probably be Super Bowl champs. Yeah, they
1: well, for sure would be Super Bowl champs.
2: But like I said, in the, in the two years— So that, he
1: scored 49 points in that postseason run. I mean, Vach couldn't be more spot on. Correct. He scored 49 points in that postseason run with his right foot. And the offense scored a total of 42 points. I mean, that, that is, perfect- is mind-boggling to me. I can't believe it's the first time I've thought of it that way. That is absolutely mind-boggling.
2: But like, but like I said, like, th- those are facts. Like, these are facts that they didn't score a whole lot of points in the postseason. But as I mentioned, the two years that, that Joe Burrow, those two regular seasons, if you want to go to the regular seasons, those were the best quarterback years in Bengals history. Most touchdown passes in each year. We're not talking most, about that, though. I know. I know. I'm just. I'm also saying, like, in in, in an effort to say that the the Bengals during the postseason didn't have a whole lot of offensive success. They also. I mean, that was a, that was a high powered offense those years. So I don't they know. did
1: not score a single point in their final six possessions of the Super Bowl. Not a single Brutal. point. They'd have been Super Bowl champs. Okay. Um— Anyway, that, that, that's old news. Mr. Yeah. Moe
2: said do defensive touchdowns in the postseason. That, did, did they have defensive touchdowns?
1: What? I'm not sure. I don't
2: think they had a single defensive. What
1: is touchdown. going on, oh, by the way? Humber, before we get to some Humber, of this Ashby. other stuff,
2: what, what is going
1: on in the chat today? Votch is hitting on Molly. Ver, Burner, what? Votch is hitting on Molly. Molly? Votch and Molly, they're hitting it off. That means he's hitting on you.
2: That's not me. <laughs>
1: All right, so <laughs> um, so listen. Votch was on it. By the way, if he's still watching, apparently he's in the chat right now. Vach you were on it. I'm not surprised. He's on it on everything. We'll circle back with him as a, as a Cowboys if he has time, move on in the playoffs, which I think we all agree they are going to do mm-hmm. against Green Bay this week. Um, but, no, what is going on here? It was something about burners and all this other sort of nonsense. What is happening here? Well,
4: apparently, there is – see, Tom, what happens is I, I, I give these burners attention. Reed made a video yesterday.
1: How do we know they're burners? Be, well, well,
2: if you read you think, some of – Do you think a guy is in the name of, of Drew P. Mr. Balls? Or what, <laughs> about, what, about that's, that's... what about Harry? What about Harry?
4: Do you think Harry's a real person, Tom? Look at yeah. the chat right now and read Harry's name for me. Um, I don't think you're going big, to. Big
2: Richard Ryder?
4: Yeah. I, I, see, Maybe Tom, what happens people, is – Vod
1: says Molly was hitting on him, by the way. Go ahead. <laughs>
4: Uh, so what happens is Reed made a video yesterday. There is a burner in our chat. Maybe we don't know for sure. His name is Sean, Sean Connor. And, and Sean's a very loyal fan of, very of loyal. chatterbox. We love Sean, Yeah. but Sean also has our emails and he sends Reed a lot of emails. He doesn't email me. He only emails Reed and he sends him very personal things that really a chatterbox fan shouldn't know. But he knows. So Reed has been investigating. We've all been torn apart about this. Okay. Uh, And Reed made a long video yesterday. Put it on the posted on the chatterbox account. We've come to the conclusion
2: that Sean is Paul. Paul Fisher. There's
1: some
4: evidence,
2: Paul. Paul? There's some there's some damning evidence.
1: Boy, Big League Paul, because we're gonna circle back here in a second. Um, Big League Paul went off last night. Um.
4: I on, saw it. It was, it, was a quote, it was a quote tweet. It was a quote tweet. So the tweet, that original tweet that you were talking about, it was from
1: last year. Okay, but it's, it's his words. But he retweeted it. Okay, all right. He, he went off about people leaving games early. Now, my understanding is you said you did not leave early because, I mean, we, we gave Xavier credit. I mean, the one thing, it, for you can say they have their issues in this regard, that regard, whatever it might be. Every team has issues. But one issue that Sean Miller does not have is his teams fighting and competing. They played literally to the very final second yesterday and got within a three pointer away from tying the game. Right. When it yep. looked like they were dead in the water with about two minutes to go.
2: It was uh so they took the lead fifty two fifty one around the seventeen minute mark, sixteen minute mark, and then UConn went on a twenty five to ten run, something along those. Um, to the point where there's four minutes to play. UConn makes a shot to go up fourteen. At that moment, there was a mass exodus. People were leaving. And I turned to my wife. It was the first time that I'd taken Mariana to a a game at Centos. And I said, if UConn makes one more shot, we'll leave. Let's see what happens right here. And, as you mentioned, Xavier hits a shot. Xavier goes to the line, hits two free throws. Xavier hits a shot. They go to the line. They yep. hit two free throws. And next thing you know, you're looking up at the score. It's a two-possession game with a minute to go. Next thing you know, another UConn miss. They missed the front end of a one and one. Xavier goes down. They make they make it a one possession game with ten seconds to go. And for the most part, Centos was completely empty, other than sporadic fans. And then the entire student section was there. So I I understand. Like we, we talk about this all the time that uh, if if you're gonna if you want to watch a game, you probably want to see it to the end. But it's also your your time. It's your it's your money. You can do what you want with your ticket. You can do what you want with your time. So if you want to leave. Go ahead and leave. Yeah, I don't know but why mis- people make such a big deal.
1: I mean, I, I, and I remember having this debate with Paul when he was still here before he quit. Is it, um, is who cares? I mean, really, who cares? Like you just said, if a guy spends his money or a gal spends her money on a ticket and they want to go watch the first 10 minutes of the game and then go out to a nice dinner with a bunch of friends, why do you care? Who cares? What's the big deal? People are allowed to to go as they please, leave as they choose, whenever they want. It, they bought the ticket to the game. They can boo, they can cheer,
2: right? You're at Tom. You are absolutely right. You can do with whatever you want with your money. You can do whatever you want with your ticket. And do whatever you want with your time. It was a little, as a Xavier fan, it was a little uh, sad that this guy is shooting a free throw with ten seconds to go. Uh, A one-and-one, and and it's a three-point game, and it would have been very nice to have 11,000 Xavier fans getting in that guy's head cheering. It was very quiet for that that front half of the one-and-one. Very, very quiet, and he knocks both home, and it's a five-point game, and then the game's over. Okay. So that's – I mean, it it would have been nice to have 11,000 fans cheering for this guy to miss a a free throw. I forget forget the UConn – player's name. He already missed a couple free throws in the game. I think he hadn't made one to that point, but he sank two to to ice the game.
1: All right. Uh, Let's get to the Xavier thing for a minute because in the back half hour, we're going to get into the one through 14 of chances of reaching the Super Bowl in the NFL. Um, You guys were both there. That's right. right? Your overall thoughts, uh, macro point of view here uh, about Xavier and the game last night.
2: Uh, listen, I, I've been to a lot of games at CentOS. I thought that the crowd wasn't as engaged as they've been in years past, and I think part of that is the reason that Xavier is uh, is 500. Now they're under 500. They've only finished a season under 500 one time in the last 40 years, and they are in danger of doing that again. This is a team that is just inexperienced. I, I think there is some talent there, but they're simply just, just not as skilled as a UConn team. And, and they fought. They certainly fought. And that's the one thing that I've always liked about a Sean Miller team is they fight. fight. Yes, they do. They go all the way down to the final second, down 14 with four minutes to go, and they fight to make that a one-possession game in the final 10 seconds. They just just got inexperienced, and uh, they're just not last year's team. And uh, I don't don't know what Xavier looks like. I still think this team can win some big games in the Big East. They showed it, right? I mean, if, if you take a Houston team down to the wire, the number two team in the country. If you you take a UConn team down to the wire, number four team in the country. Both games were at home. But if you you play with those teams, then you can play with anyone. I think Kirby put it out there. We have in our title of this show, Xavier Stinks. Yesterday, we are applauding um, Texas. (laughs) Yesterday, we're applauding Texas for hanging in with the number 25 team in the country, or UC hanging with the number 25 team in the country at home. But today, we say Xavier Stinks. All right, who wrote that headline? Not me. Not wasn't, me. Wasn't me. Ah,
4: uh,
0: what?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's What's, just, what's it's wrong? Just a stray. What, listen, did we Xavier, not like the headline? Similar, similar to uh, c- civilians here in Hamilton, we're used to strays as Xavier fans. So listen, it's just this isn't this isn't going to be a team. This isn't a tournament team. But I still think that they're a team that can be feisty enough that that can give you give you hell any given night.
4: It's gonna be a war to try if they, to try and get above 500 for Xavier. They've got a brutal schedule. I mean, the, the Big East is no joke. They're the second. And they best. played a
2: very really tough out of schedule. Yeah, and right. then they lose to teams like Delaware. It's, and so this is no
4: knock-ons. It's a young Xavier team outside of my guy Quincy Oliveri. I thought the game. I thought they played okay. I there, there's a lot of defensive miscues for Xavier that happened. Like there was like four layups where UConn just ran straight to the basket, no one was in five feet uh, of, of defending him. So. I think the defense wasn't great. I thought the three-point shooting was a pleasant surprise for X. I thought they played a little bit better. They didn't shoot great. It was like 38% or something. Um, and, and, and it is refreshing to see a team that can make free throws. If, if you make foul shots, you, you, give your, your, you give your team a chance. There was by no means should Xavier have been in that game towards the end, but they were because they make foul shots. And that's why I disagree with Wes Miller when he comes out and he says free throws don't matter. That's, it's, it's brutal, but listen, I, I, I don't think Xavier's the, the best team in the world. They're certainly not making a tournament, but obviously they're good enough to beat UC. They're a decent team. So they they still have a lot of future. They still have got, they've still got a great head coach. Uh, this season's just going to be a one-off time. It's going to be the first year in like 40 years. They have a losing record. I would bet
2: if, they do, do if that. they do if they do if they do that i it's, think it's one time in 1995 they had that a won't record.
1: happen they won't finish with a losing
2: record they i don't know. Won't. the won't. biggie's it won't biggie's is tough. listen tom I'm, I'm looking at the stats right here UConn shot 45% from 3 made 11 threes of 24 shots yeah. they shot 55% from the field xavier shot 35% from the field Yep. Yeah. and still this was a five point game
1: well but but, but i want i want i want to stop you there for a second because i watched the entire game from start to finish they got a lot night. more free throws okay um, I never felt like Xavier was really in the game. As weird as that sounds, I mean, and maybe you would disagree. To me, as I said in the monologue, it would be a case where you kind of all of a sudden would say, "Oh man!" All of a sudden they're back in the game. We better get it together here. And wham, off they go. Twenty-five to ten run. Right? They go up fourteen. Right? right? And then Xavier all of a sudden comes back. They go on a 2 run. And they're up by nine, or they're up by 12. Or, and then credit to Xavier, all the credit in the world. They kept fighting, and they came back. This wasn't like the UC game the night before. And I'm not drawing a parallel to which team is better because of the way the game was played. Right. But, but, but they were two very different games that were decided by less than five points. The UC game by one, the Xavier game by five. But the UC game was literally back and forth. Lead change, no more than two- or three-point lead sure, the sure. whole game, right? The Xavier game never had that feel.
2: This, this is why I, I said that it felt like there was a little bit of juice not in the, the arena. It was loud at certain moments, but I, I felt like it wasn't Cintas Center um, of years past. So two different moments that that are that I bring up. Xavier's down 30-21 to 21 at the eight-minute mark in the first half. They then come out of the, the under-eight timeout. And they tie the game up 35-35 with two and a half minutes to go. And all the energy's in the building, right? We're cheering. Everyone's standing up. Let's go, X. Come on, muskies. Dan Hurley calls a timeout. Out of that timeout, no juice. And what happens? UConn goes on a 7-2 run to to, to wind out the the rest of the first half. All right, so we start the second half. Xavier starts storming back. They take a 52-51 lead. All the juice is in the building, right? Everyone's right there. Dan Hurley calls a timeout, and instead of keeping that energy through the timeout, instead of keeping that energy when play starts back up, it was all gone. And UConn takes a 25-10 run. So it just, it, it, there was two runs. UConn weathered the storm both times, and it was just, it was, it was too little too late. Yeah, You know,
1: it, it makes me think, and we talked about how um, UConn is the only team in the top five that has not lost this week. And, and, you know, due to the transfer portal more than anything else, um, we see it in football, but we really see it in basketball, where you only need a couple of guys to make a huge difference in your team. Um, I don't know if there really is a clear-cut two or three or four teams that are better than anybody else anymore. There were times UConn last night looked great. Now, they've had a lot of turnover from last year. They've got some guys back. They've had some transfers in. They got some guys playing in the NBA. They got some guys playing overseas from a team that won it all last year. They've got a rock solid group. They're very deep. But that that that, that team didn't look like a world beater to me.
2: Well, that's college basketball. Yeah, it nowadays. is college which, bad.
1: But, I'm, but the point I'm is making point? Is, is, I think this year, maybe even more than last year, when we saw Purdue get bounced right by a 16 right. seed as a number one seed. Right? right. I think that there's a really strong chance that you're going to see this. Just look at Kansas this week. They, they got a homer call to beat TCU at Fog Allen. Then they go on the road. What? UCF? UCF beating Kansas? I mean, are you kidding
2: me? Yeah. Right? No, Listen, there's no doubt about it. Listen, we, we, we do this every single year, and, and you're absolutely right. College basketball, it's a much different sport than college football. To where teams on any given night, they can lose. Even the, even the best teams in the country, like the Houstons, like the Purdue's, like, like the Yukons, like the, the Kansas's. That happens. That happens. You look at last year, Yukon for the first two months of the season, looked like by far and away the best team in college basketball. Dominating everybody. Winning by 20-plus points against other ranked opponents at neutral sites. Then January hits and they lose like five out of six games. And everyone's like, Ah, this UConn.
1: Yeah, team that's right. That's exactly right.
2: And then what happens after after January? They roar back, and they look like the best team from from pretty much February, middle of February to the end of the year. They are dominating everybody. 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 But they still still have that taste in the back of your mouth. Like, man, they lost five out of seven yeah, games. That's right. What, can I trust this UConn team that did yep. that? Despite them for eighty percent of the year dominating and, just they, just and in dominated. fairness
1: to them last night they were dominated on the offensive glass by Xavier last Xavier, night
2: Xavier did a good job and they
1: and boards. they and UConn was without its best big man
2: yeah
1: they, they did not play in the game so you're not getting a true look at who they are and what they are but the bottom line is they come into a tough place well I need mean to tell you I don't know what has gotten into my main man Everett oh no he says, are these guys just going to say during the show, Burrow did nothing during their run to the Super Bowl? <sighs> Do you oh, think no, he's Everett. trying to get clicks here, or my bait a little bit, Everett? Because I, I love Everett's,
2: Everett. Everett's like me. He he. When people say something bad about Joe Burrow, we, we, it, it rubs Nobody us the wrong way. Nobody said anything it's...
1: bad about We just gave reality 101. The I stats. I get it. In four games two years ago through the Super Bowl, the offense scored seven touchdowns, producing 42 points in four games. That's 11 points on offense per game. Not even that. And Evan McPherson accounted for 49 points in he those was, four he games. Was, he was amazing. That's 29. all we're saying. That's it. Nobody uttered the words, Burrow didn't do anything to help him get to the Super Bowl. Nobody said that. And then we have your good friend, Mouse Cop, talking about us alienating fans by the way we're talking about Xavier. Have well, that we a bad
4: Xavier here today? Well, the title says Xavier stinks. <laughs> the title says Xavier stinks.
2: Okay,
1: but actually in
4: the show, no, I am not. I'm pros. I was at the game cheering on Quincy louder than anybody. I was you watching like so, Quincy. You I, Quincy. I, I love, love Quincy. That's my favorite. Play. I might get a Jersey of Quincy, but my, I was watching the game. last <laughs> night. It is funny. It is funny to watch Hurley coach on the sideline. That he's, guy's, he's, that guy's on lunatic.
1: He's I mean, he,
4: yeah. the officials. The officiating wasn't great yesterday, but he literally complains after every single possession he complains that there is a foul or a or a missed call on every single possession. I thought he was gonna get. There was a point in the first half where things were getting testy. Him and Sean Miller. Sean Miller was angrily calling refs over to him, and Hurley was just screaming absurdities at people. Uh, but it was very, it was very, very funny. There was a technical called on uh, UConn, but not on Hurley. I thought Hurley was gonna get one. It was a good, it was a good game, though. It was a fun game to watch.
2: It was, and I I can't wait to go back. I love Centos. Listen, the one thing about Centos Center, we got tickets for 15 bucks. concession stands. Get a beer and a hot dog, $10. Great place to watch a game. Great
1: place Great to place watch to a
2: watch game. game. Okay, I'm surprised you didn't show up, Tom.
1: You know, it's funny you say that because oh, I was man. saving this for the show. So I told you that my wife and daughter were going out. They were going to play pickleball, and they couldn't find a court to get on here in the whole town. That's how popular pickleball is. All really? these new indoor joints, completely packed. Pickle Lodge in Westchester. Like three or four, they tried there. Tried there, could not get it. So um, so they ended up going out, out to dinner with one of my daughter's friends and her mom live in the neighborhood, good for them. Okay, so dad's going to go out and return some Christmas presents, right? Okay. Okay. So I am no more than a mile away, right there in one of those little plazas over in whatever it is, Oakley or, you know, you know what I'm yeah, talking about wait, over hey. there. And I'm over there returning Christmas presents, and it's about 7.15. And I want to go into a bookstore because there's a book I'm looking for right now that I was trying to find. So they got that Joseph Beth books right around the corner, whatever it is. So I go in there and I look at my watch. They didn't have the book. And I come watching out, walking out. And, um, and I'm thinking, man, it's, it's 730. I'm a two and a half minute ride away from the gardens. I was there. And I don't mean the Cincinnati gardens. I mean, Dana gardens. I was right there. And I'm thinking, man, I had have surprise, my homeboy read and, and and just shoot down there right now real quick Casey did you go no I did not did you go to the game no okay you were talking about it
0: yeah I mean I was what, what do you mean talking I thought about you it? were I mean,
1: talking like, yesterday about
0: maybe going to the game no no I go? I decided to go work out
1: so. good for you yeah. yeah you've gotten a lot of compliments in the chat today about how handsome you look by the way in that black sweater and I appreciate so you look like that. something out of GQ magazine Tinderman thank Porterley. you thank you chat I appreciate that yeah
2: I think but, he looks like Steve Jobs
1: Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. Wow.
2: that's that's that sweater that Steve Jobs wore in that famous picture. Fair enough. All right, Tom. Let's do your top 14. Your power rankings.
1: All right. Here we go. Now this is for those of you that weren't with us. We talked about it yesterday. Then we had the Wi-Fi problems. Uh, I am going to give you my playoff rank, and this is okay. And we'll start at 14, right? We'll, start, we'll, wor- we'll work of, our of, way down. Of what I think a team's chances are, ranked 1 the best chance, 14th the worst chance, of getting to, not winning, getting to the Super Bowl. Okay. Okay? Your number 14 team. Here we go. Green Bay, I don't think they have any chance in Dallas. Do any of you guys have any disagreement with that whatsoever?
2: I yeah. don't think they have a great chance in Dallas, but... You know what? I, I threw this tweet out there, and it is—it is a little, little uh, to to spur people up. But you you talk about the take I had about Bill Belichick earlier. I'd rather have Jordan Love than CJ Stroud. CJ or Jordan Love has better stats this year than CJ Stroud. More passing yards, more touchdowns. He does not. He has a better completion percentage. He does have more turnovers. But in the last eight weeks, Tom, Jordan Love, seventeen touchdowns. One interception, seventeen touchdowns, one interception. It's incredible. It is incredible. He, he's, he's, he's a gamer. He's he's their franchise quarterback. They found. I, I don't know how the Green Bay Packers continue to do it, but that's three in a row where they've got a franchise quarterback. Two Hall of Famers. I don't know if Jordan Love is gonna be Hall of Famer, but he's certainly a guy that you can rely on going forward. Okay. They're the youngest team that ever has made the postseason. In
1: case, you have any problem with that? Green no. Bay, number fourteen. I don't think I have any problem with that. Okay. They're starting on the road. They're playing a team that's great at home. So we put them at number 14. My good friend, David Troller, says Pittsburgh has to be 14. We'll get to them in a minute. David, I don't oh. agree. Oh. I put them at 13, though. But See, I tell you, I, what I would have done was, in all sincerity, I did this two nights ago before I knew the weather. I would have moved Pittsburgh way up. Really? I really would. I think that, I and and, and I wish I had I looked at these again. Because we were supposed to do it yesterday. So I sent this in. What's today? Thursday. I sent this in Tuesday night. Yep. yep. Um, I think Pittsburgh can win the game this week. Now, could they win again after that? If they had to go to Baltimore division game? Yeah. They've got a fighting chance. I mean, I, you know those division games in the postseason, man, are a whole different animal. We saw that with Baltimore here last year. Baltimore had no business being on the field with the Bengals. And it took a Sam Hubbard 100-yard return on a fumble at the goal line to win the game. Right. So, you know, anybody who thinks the Steelers could not win in Baltimore, I wouldn't predict them to win in Baltimore. I wouldn't bet them to win in Baltimore. But I, I got them at 13. I don't like that pick myself. So, if you don't like it, I have no problem whatsoever. Casey, you, you think that's where they belong? Uh, You know, I'm
0: actually kind of with you with the weather thing. I, and I also don't think uh, this – this might be my um, biasness towards TJ Watt, but even without him gone, I mean, he was talking up Nick uh, Herbig yep. and, and Alex Highsmith. They still got Larry Joby and Cam Hayward like that. Those guys to me, they can do enough to disrupt Josh Allen. And if they're having to run the ball all game, if they're asking Josh Allen to one throw in this wind, it's not going to go well Two, if, they know that the run is going to come. I feel like the Steelers will do a much better job at, at defending the run when they know it's coming due to the weather. So that being said, I think that the turnovers will be a problem for Josh Allen. You know he's going to at least give you one. And in terms of the Steelers, if they can protect the ball and they make it a, a close-scoring game, I think they have a really good shot. I think they have a really good chance I agree. So I agree. I, I, would, I would say they're a little low. I don't know if they're too far off from that 13 spot, but, yeah, they're, they're, they're a little low for me.
2: I want whatever you guys are smoking. I think the Steelers are by far the worst team in the postseason. By far. They're going in there with Mason Rudolph. They're going up to play the possibly the hottest team in the NFL in the Buffalo Bills. They're doing it without their best player in T.J. Watt, who they're 1-10 in with. Without, I mean. So I, don't, I, I think by far the Steelers, they're 11-point underdogs, 10-point underdogs up there in Buffalo. And you guys are right about the weather. You guys, sure, it's going to be cold. But I, I do not see a, a world in which the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Buffalo Bills this weekend. I do see a world in which Jordan Love beats the Dallas Cowboys because the Cowboys have had problems in the postseason, because the Cowboys have had problems with the Packers in the postseason. And Jordan Love is, is – as hot as a quarterback can be right now. So I think the Steelers, I think there's a huge difference between the 14th and the 13th team and the Steelers, I think, are the worst team by far.
1: One of the greatest observations ever made in the history of the chat. What'd they say? The real spirit cat one. Said Casey looks like Steve Jobs and Arn Anderson made a baby together.
2: (laughs) Casey, you know who Arn Anderson is?
1: No
0: clue. (laughs) Not a a single clue, but that's okay. I'm sure that's a good
1: combination, right? it is a great combination and 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 rock solid observation okay 12 all right number 12 uh tampa bay i know the bucks have a home game this weekend uh and look uh four straight years going to the postseason you got to give it up whether it was brady that was there uh now baker mayfield who's had a really nice year todd bowles you know finds a way to keep them going um, you know, he's gotten the po- – hard to believe that, that, that Bowles has gotten that team in the playoffs the last couple of years, all the injuries, all the mm-hmm. turnover, especially at the most important possession position on the team. But uh, they're going to play Philadelphia this week, and I just, for some reason, as bad as Philly has been, I think Philly's going to show up for this game, and I, and I think they take it to Tampa Bay.
2: It seems like a game – like, that. the Eagles are just like the Chiefs and that we keep waiting for them to show us what we saw last year. That's what we keep waiting for the Eagles, but we haven't seen it yet. What I have seen is Baker Mayfield play very well at home. And uh, am I trusting Baker Mayfield? No, but I mean this Eagles team—they they are reeling. They are reeling right now. They—they they, I, they I, I are. I cannot trust Philadelphia in the way that they've played in December. One team is I think five and one over their last six games. The other team's one and five. Yep. So I do I think the Bucks at twelve. That that may seem fair because now you're getting into the teams that, that can win, but I, I very easily could see the Philadelphia Eagles losing on the road this week, and then they're going to have a very weird offseason. If they do not beat the Bucks this weekend, they're going to have a very weird offseason because it's like, what do we do with Sirianni? Like This team, we talk about how the Bengals always struggle at the beginning of the year. What do you say about a team that struggles down the stretch? So I – Twelve is okay. I'm not. I'm not mad about the Bucks being twelve, but I, I could see the Bucks upsetting the the Eagles yeah. at home this week. Okay,
1: you?
4: Yeah. I, well, I, I, for me, it's it's. I, I think the Bucs are probably if not, I don't think the Steel, I don't think the Packers are the last place team. They're it's they're probably thirteen for me. I would have the Bucks in the last place spot.
2: Really? Yeah.
4: I, I as much as I like Baker in a must-win game with their season on the line, they scored nine points. They didn't score a touchdown.
1: The only reason I don't have them 13 or 14, and, and you weren't in here, you stepped out for a minute. I, I would have switched where I am with the Steelers because uh, I think they got a better chance in 13. The only reason the Bucks are at 12 and not 13 or 14 is because they're playing at home. That's fair. That's the only reason. That's it. No, n- nothing else separated. All get right. Home Number 11. Oh, oh. Some people might think that they should be higher up the list. I see The L.A. Rams, they're coming in on a roll. They've got a quarterback in Matthew Stafford who has, has proven he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Jared Goff is for that matter too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. I, by the way, this is off for a second, but I don't know if you guys saw that story where a bunch of Detroit fans are urging people not to wear Matthew Stafford jerseys to the game. And there are some bars that are barring people from coming in. If they have a Matthew Stafford jersey. Dude, I got to tell you. I did, I can't tell you how many Detroit Lions games. When Matthew Stafford was a quarterback there. A, you are never going to meet a better guy in your life. That's number one. B, no human being in the history of sports. Laid it out and laid it on the line. More for his team during his career than Matthew Stafford did in Detroit. Bad teams, he was hurt all the time and played through injuries. For anybody in Detroit to come up with this completely harebrained idea is completely brain dead. And in Stafford, as always, he puts himself away from the fray. His wife came out and basically said yesterday, you know what? I'm really sorry some people feel that way. Because we love Detroit, and we love the fans, and loved our time playing there. Shame on them.
4: I agree. It's, it, it seems like it was. You remember when Andrew Luck retired, the news broke, and then the Colts fans booed him out of the stadium in his final appearance on, on, on the Colts field? Kind of feels like that. Just disrespectful. Uh, the, the Lions, I mean, let's, let's be real here. They're a horrible organization an absolutely woeful organization. Arguably, there is a strong argument you can make that they are the worst organization in sports. So to say I'm going to boycott Matthew Stafford jerseys, uh, given all that he's done, a Hall of Fame career in your city, is a joke. The Rams, in their last seven games, have scored more than 30 points four times. They've scored more than 25 points two times. And the other game, they beat the 49ers 21-20. And you can say, well, that game doesn't mean anything, and that's fine. But I'll say this: the offense is dynamic. The offense in Los Angeles is unbelievable. Puka Nakua has been their best receiver this year. Cooper Cup is a top five wide receiver. He hasn't really shown it yet. I, I, I I'll tell you what: I'm all in. I'm all in on the Rams. I would say they are a top five team for me. Really? Uh, not top bottom four. Five? Yeah, I don't oh, know yeah. about
2: top five. They are playing oh, yeah. well. Listen, all. They have five to win me.
1: three straight games on the road. We get,
2: we get that to. That ain't happening. When you get to the postseason. 12 out of the 14 teams are legit. They're either they're either riling off games left and right, or they have some sustained success like the Philadelphia Eagles, like the Steelers and stuff like that. So all these teams are legit. LA Rams at 11, I have no problem with that. I think every time that I watch the Rams play, I forget how good Matt Stafford is. Yep. Despite his age, he's still slinging it. He's still sling. Yes, he, he, he looks he looks like he's 29 at times. Yep. Like he looks he looks young the way he plays. And Sean McVay, I think the world of. I think he's an I think he's an incredible coach. I could see the Rams making a run. I could see them losing by 20 in their first game. I think it could go either way. Um I think eleven is about right.
4: If you look at those four teams right there, one of those teams is not like the others. And that is the Los Angeles Rams. They have been a very good team for the second half of this season. Yes, I think the Bucs have two. The Bucks have two. Okay, that's fine. They've won that's... five of their last
2: six games.
1: I can't argue with it. Casey, you're a big Lions guy. Can the Rams come in here and beat them? Uh, no. I, I think the I think the
0: Lions should be here at 11, to be honest with you.
3: Ooh. And
0: that, that might be a hot take for you guys. But the the Lions, I don't think you guys understand how important slam, Sam Laporta was to that offense. Now, they've got a lot of other pieces there. But Sam Laporta wasn't just some tight end that was catching a lot of passes Yeah. their number two receiving threat. He was also doing a phenomenal job in the run game, sealing edges off, allowing Jameer Gibbs to get those large rushes. I, to me, to me, that was so deflating for them to lose that, to lose that piece in the offense. And I also think too, it's just a matter of time for Aaron Donald to just wake up and have a, a run of his life. Right. And that interior pressure, Jared Goff, not a fan. He's not a fan of pressure. And if if Aaron Donald takes over this game, I think it's a wrap completely for the Lions. I really do. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I think um, I'm leaning towards the Rams being – they should have been much higher. And wherever you have the Lions, I think they should be a little bit lower. Um, but that's just a, a – a, 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 my thoughts on where Well, again,
1: I, I had to take into account who was at home, who was on the road in some of these picks. And so if you notice of the bottom four, three of the four are on the road. And again, this is getting to the Super Bowl. Green Bay, Pittsburgh, and the Rams would all basically have to win out on the road to get to the Super Bowl three games. And I don't see it happening for any of those three teams. Okay. To the top 10. Now we get to the top 10. And number 10... The fighting Dolphins. I should probably have them somewhere a little bit lower, meaning 11, 12, 12th, but they're the Miami Dolphins. They still have a lot of really good players. Yeah. Now they're beat up, especially uh, as we mentioned yesterday or two days ago, they're down. They've lost their top four linebackers for the year. None of the four will be playing in this game this weekend against Kansas City, although we know the Chiefs have not been world beaters. This is another one of those things where you look at it and you say, Boy, the weather supposed to be brutal. And I mean brutal. It's a night game. They're talking about it being wind chill somewhere around 10, 15, 20 below zero. Yep. What does that mean? And we know both teams like to sling it around. Right. Right? Chiefs are at home. Um, I, I I put the Dolphins 10.
2: Thoughts on that? If, the, if this list is based on... What teams can win the Super Bowl? Get to
1: the Super Bowl. Get to the
2: Super Bowl, then I think 10 is absolutely right for the Miami Dolphins. Because, like I said earlier in the show, to think that this Miami Dolphins team, despite them beating Dallas a couple weeks ago, well, they haven't looked good for the past two weeks, and now you're going to go on the road to Kansas City, where it's negative degrees out, and try to play this frou-frou offense? Now, I do think they run the ball better than people give them credit for, but I just... I, I cannot imagine the Miami Dolphins beating KC this weekend. And if they do, with everything, beating Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, when they're at home in this weather conditions, I'll take everything I said back about the Kansas City Chiefs this year. And I'll take everything I said back about the Miami Dolphins that I've said this year too. I don't think the Dolphins have a prayer this weekend. So right in the 10th spot feels fair. I would have actually, I did did list out personally 14 teams. I had the Eagles at 10. I don't believe in the Eagles at all.
4: This is my biggest wager of the NFL season. I think the Dolphins are going to get hammered by Kansas City. Again, I I mentioned this stat yesterday or two days ago whenever I did it. 0-9 in games under 40 degrees. It's supposed to be 8 degrees. So I will take the Kansas City Chiefs in cold weather uh, against Tom's uh, turquoise and whites. Teal. Teal and whites. I think this is a fair fair spot.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, sentiment. I think the Miami Dolphins. Uh, they just. They've already played each other once, and I know that was in Germany, and it just didn't look good. Uh, their offense did, looked really anemic. And they had a uh, chance
1: to win that game, though. Uh, they did, but Chiefs' offense looked bad too.
4: Yeah, yeah they really I, bad.
0: Both teams' offenses looked really bad those games. Um, if you're gonna. Put a gun to my head and ask me which team's probably going to win this game. I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs just because of Patrick Mahomes. But I also think, too, like the Chiefs have a better line in terms of run blocking. And if they're going to be running the ball a lot because of the weather yep. as well, I'm going to side with them. They're going to be able to get the tough yards. I know Miami's got a really good rushing attack. Yes, they do. Very explosive. I just don't know when. What, what what sort of game plan they're going to go in with. Because if it's a game where they can't throw a whole lot and they're forced to run the ball a lot, will the Chiefs be able to stop that effectiveness? Probably. So
4: that being said, I'm going um, – I'm going to probably say that this is a fair spot. I think the Chiefs won that game because of a defensive touchdown, if I'm not – mistaken I think it was I don't think I think they scored the Chiefs only scored two offensive touchdowns it was to 21
2: to nothing at halftime out there you're talking about the Chiefs yeah. offense game it was 29 to, 21 to nothing at halftime they looked like the Chiefs of old then the second half they didn't do anything so okay all right well we'll see that I mean it, it, that one
1: has and by that that's behind, that's behind the paywall
2: there's some good games
1: and Lindsay if you want to jump in on any of this we bypassed your Steelers you are more than welcome
5: Well, the Steelers, I
4: don't know. I guess personally, I would have maybe put them a little higher, but I don't have as much confidence in them, I guess, as I should. But I know the chat might kill me for being a Steelers fan. They're not going to kill you. That's okay.
1: That's okay. um,
4: I don't know. I guess like you said, the weather does make a difference, and not having Watt, in my opinion, might also impact it. But I don't know. I... Might have put them a little higher, but I also don't think they're going to go all the way if I'm being completely
1: honest, so it wasn't okay. that bad. All right, fair enough. There we go. There we go. Um, all right, number nine, the uh, fighting C.J. Stroud. They have a game at home. It's going to be a really tough game this week. That's why of all the home teams outside of Tampa Bay, AFC is a better conference than the NFC. I think it's going to be tough for Houston to, to one-beat Cleveland and then have to go on the road and win at wherever at – wherever, to get to the Super Bowl.
2: I think the Texans, I'm torn between what I think of them. On one hand, if you want to put a parallel to them to other teams, on one hand, they look a lot like the Buffalo Bills, a quarterback that can take over a game and can win it single-handedly in C.J. Stroud. They do some nice things on defense. Like, on one hand, this is a team that you absolutely should fear if you're going to play them in the postseason. And on the other hand... They look a lot like the Green Bay Packers. And I, and I throw in the Jordan Love-CJ Stroud comparison. Very young team, a quarterback who's red hot. So where am I at? in, in then are they the Green Bay Packers? Are they the Buffalo Bills? I'm a little closer to the Green Bay Packers. I think that this is going to be a very good game between them and the Cleveland Browns. But I think a tough, hard-nosed team like the Browns are going to be tough to beat. I like the Browns on, to cover. So, uh, yeah, nine fits for the Houston Texans. I wouldn't have them any other place than number nine. Interesting. I like I like the pick. I think I think number nine's fair.
4: I think they they are capable of winning a couple playoff games though.
2: I agree. I, I fully agree because it is similar. Like this is the the story, and we can, we like to to use the past to think what the future is going to be, and what's the comparison that the Houston Texans have been thrown out there, the 2021 Cincinnati Bengals, right? Yep, It might be, and it could be. You're right. You're absolutely right. Young young uh, phenomenal quarterback charging a team in the postseason could be.
1: All right. The fighting C.J. Strouds. You've liked him all year long, Case. I
0: I like him a lot, Tom. I I had a take that uh, the winner of the Browns in the Houston game will end up being in the championship game. Okay, that's a fair. And I I do think that Houston reminds me a lot of the Bengals of old. Uh, Not that old. Uh, 2021 Bengals. Sneaky good defense. Really hot quarterback. Some phenomenal receivers that we just don't even talk about. Nico Collins has had one of the – probably one of their better receiving yep. seasons for a Texan that that we can remember besides Andre Johnson um that being said I I think that the Texans are a little low on your list I really do I, okay. I thought you would have them a little higher just because of the Ohio State guy but I I know how you feel about the other team the Browns which I'm sure we're gonna get to here shortly oh
1: we're, we're a while from getting to them
0: oh are we, we well are. I Again, my thoughts are if
1: Houston wins this game, I think they can make it to the championship game. Okay. I really do. All right. Okay. That means they'd have to go theoretically to Buffalo, to Baltimore. Can they win in those places? Okay. Number seven or number eight, forgive me. Uh, I have the, the Batlin Brownies. (laughs) I should have had them higher (laughs) than that. Again, I did this a couple nights ago. Nothing's changed in this regard. Like it did with Pittsburgh and the weather and all that. Uh, I would have put Cleveland ahead of Philadelphia here uh, if I had a chance. I would have put Philly at 8 and and Cleveland at 7. The reason I think Cleveland can make a good run at it here, at least the midway point of all these teams, yes, they would have to win all their games on the road. So, therefore, I think it makes it very tough for them. Otherwise, I'd have them probably in the 5-hole.
2: Yeah, Cleveland is a team, like I said, they they've got they're playing with house money. For the first time, a quarterback for the Cleveland Browns is playing with with nothing to lose, and it's showing. And they have been they were not this is a physical team. They've got a great defense. They've got a great pass rush. All the things that can really frustrate a young quarterback in C.J. Stroud. Do I think the Browns are Super Bowl contenders now? No, I don't. I really don't think
3: that. Wow. Because I
2: think at the end of the day, the Cleveland Browns are still the Cleveland Browns. And until they they get that opinion out of my mind, I'll continue to think that way. But I think this is a team that can win a playoff game. I think they will win the playoff game. I'll be putting a sizable wager on the Browns to cover this weekend. Okay. Yeah, I I, I think Joe Flacco. You predict is,
1: the Brownies were getting to the championship game months ago.
2: And I'm going to hold
4: with that. I think this is a wrong this is a wrong slot. I think the Browns are top five too. So I I think the Cleveland Browns are going to win this game, and I think they have a very good chance at getting to the AFC championship game. I think Joe Flacco is elite, despite what some people think. I believe Joe Flacco is undefeated in the first round of. The postseason. He, is.
2: he is. hasn't played in a decade. Hasn't played in, the hasn't played in a decade, but a he is decade. undefeated
4: in the first round. So I will take Joe Flacco and the Fighting Browns. The defense, obviously, is arguably the best in the league. Uh, Jerome Ford hasn't been great, but the tandem of him and Kareem Hunt are efficient enough in the red zone uh, to be scary. So I really, really like Amari Cooper, Dave Njoku. The team stacked. I think this team goes to an AFC Championship. Game. All right,
1: uh, Casey, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna roll through the top seven once we get. But I just want to get your thoughts on the Brownies because you've been killing them for two years.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, like I said, Tom Brownies.
1: I, like I said about the Texans,
0: whoever wins this game, I think has a really good chance to make it to the championship game. I really do. I think Cleveland has the best defense in the league at the current moment. I like Joe Flacco kind of like i like josh allen i think he can be very effective in a certain play style which the browns are very conducive to that lots of running then throwing play actions throwing bombs over people's heads i think the emergence of finding out they have david and has really helped them out too Amari cooper a top 10 receiver in this league I-, I like the browns i like their chances i just have a feeling that houston's going to get it done um but I think this is a fair spot. If you're going to put Houston at nine and then the Browns following that, I think that's a fair spot. I think okay. that's a, a fair place. Tom,
4: Hara wants to know, uh, would the Browns be higher on your list or would they be better in general with Baker opposed to Flacco? No,
1: I like Flacco. I like his experience. I, I like agree. the fact that he's been around the block. It's been a while, as Reed mentioned, since he's played in a postseason mm-hmm. game. But I like I like the veteran leadership there. All right. Top seven. We're going to blow through these. Well, here's we're what we're going
2: to do. We're going to do, do seven and six, and we're going to tease top five. We'll do that tomorrow. Wow. Gonna...
1: Okay. Yep. Seven. Seven. Who is it, Casey? I can't even remember. Uh, the Batland Lions. They have a chance to have a couple of home games, right? Yep. Uh, they yep. have a quarterback who has ex- – I'm not a huge golf guy, but he's won a Super Bowl, right? Right. Uh, they gamble a little bit too much for me, and I'm a big gambler fan in terms of – Being aggressive. There are times where I think they're too aggressive, Um, uh, especially on fourth downs and things like that. But you got to love the riverboat gambler kind of way that that Campbell handles the whole thing. They believe in him. Um, The fans, the place is going to be absolute. I mean to tell you, there will not be a better home field advantage this weekend as far as just the environment is concerned that it's going to be at Ford Field this weekend in Detroit. That place is going to be rocking.
2: I think, man, seven for the Lions. I'd probably have them a little like closer to 10. Okay. Because I do think that they are playing the Rams. And I think the Rams are playing very good. And like I said about the Cleveland Browns, until I see the Lions overcome what they've been in the past, until I see them Really assert themselves as anything other than the measly Detroit Lions. It's it's hard for me to imagine them having success in the postseason. It really is. Jared Goff has been inconsistent at best this year. He's looked very good. He looked like a team, a quarterback that has taken guy to a team to the postseason or to the Super Bowl. And at times he he looks very bad. Um, I think this is. I mean, it has all the storylines in the world. I think this is going to be the most marquee game this weekend. Um, but as for where you have them on the list, I would have them. I, I, I don't. I wouldn't have them at seven.
3: Okay.
4: Yeah, I, I, I would not have them at seven either. I think they are far worse. This is Detroit. This is one of the worst franchises ever. They've lost one of their best offensive players, and not to mention they haven't really beaten a ton of good teams. So I will. They have a head coach, Tom, that goes for it on two point on a two point conversion from the ten yard line. I have I have a hard time believing that guy. When I close my eyes. Yeah, I hear you. I have a hard time believing in Dan Campbell yep. in the hot tub when Dan Campbell <laughs> hoisting up a Lombardi trophy. I think the Lions are far worse. Okay. Uh,
1: a lot of people are screaming at me already, Casey, because uh, I have at number six... The Eagles. Yep. The Eagles. I, and a lot of people are screaming at me, how can you have... Uh, The Eagles ahead of a number of these teams. And look, I totally get it. I I get what you're saying. I'm sure you'll probably end up being right and not being wrong. But I think there's just just something to be said for having been down this road before. I think that early in the year, they proved what they are capable of being. I know they've been nicked up, but they still have. For the first time, though, I think there's some locker room friction here. And I think A.J. Brown's right in the middle of it. I think there's some stuff going on there with him and Jalen Hurts that's not good. Um, and so, you know, but, but I still think Philadelphia, uh, look, of any team that you have to play on the road in the opening round of this playoffs, okay, of any of the teams, you would want to be Philadelphia going to Tampa Bay. Right. That's, rather so that's than the anywhere else, league. even that's more than Houston. Winner, right. You'd rather be going there than Buffalo. You'd rather be going there than Kansas City. Yeah, right? Fair. Okay, so they have a chance in this first game. If they can find a way to get it together, uh, look, do I believe Philly could go down to Dallas and win a second game, divisional game? I very much do. So a lot of people yell and scream at me about Philly. I get it.
2: This is where Philadelphia as a city can can start to uh, deteriorate a team. is because like, like we've seen with the Phillies in the postseason, when things are going high, the city's loving it. Things start going bad. There's there's a lot of pressure playing in Philadelphia and when the Eagles lose 5 out of 6 games after starting the season 10 and 1, things are just spiraling out of control. These yeah. these are the this defense that that was that was the pride of the Eagles last year. The pride of this team that went to the Super Bowl last year was how good their defense was. Listen to how many points they gave up down the stretch. 42 points You're right. to the 49ers. 33 points to the Cowboys. Okay, those are both very good teams. Whatever. You give up 42 and 33 to two the best teams in the NFC, so be it. But then they give up 20 points to the Seahawks and lose. They give up 25 points to the Giants, 35 points to the Cardinals, yep. 27 points to the Giants, 52 points to the Giants in two of the last three weeks. And you expect this team to make a serious run at, at the Super Bowl? I can't see it whatsoever. This team, I've said it now for two weeks, they do one thing well and it's about to be outlawed. And that's the tush-push.
4: I think they are too high, unfortunately, uh, as well. I, listen, I, I don't think the Eagles are a bad team. I think, like Tom, I think they are capable of beating anybody. But, unfortunately, they are by far, and it's not close, the coldest team in the postseason. Mm-hmm. By far. Yes. Uh,
1: it does not fare well.
4: Yeah, does not fare well.
1: Okay. Casey, you have any thoughts on that before yeah. we wrap it up today?
0: I, I think that they deserve to be in this bracket, the 10-6 to 6 bracket. I think they're a little high. But all it takes is one get-good-right game. It it takes one good game against Tampa, and then they might be all the way back. I mean, that's funny how momentum kind of works in that way. And I'm not predicting that to happen necessarily. I don't think that they'll just all of a sudden turn it on after winning a game in Tampa. And Who even knows that they'll win that game? But I was just looking at what it took for them to beat Tampa last time. The Eagles had to... Get 130 yards rushing with DeAndre Swift. They're running all over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I think that was without Vita Vea. And I believe Vita Vea is playing this time, this go around. I think a lot of people are predicting the Eagles to to go in there and win against Tampa. I don't think it's that simple. I don't think it's that easy. No, not so, the way
1: they're playing, especially.
0: Yeah, I don't. I, especially right now. But for them to be at six, I think it's a little too high. But I don't think they should be any lower than ten.
1: Okay. All right, that's so. fair. Uh, and 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 I had mis- spoke. I spoke, I meant to say that golf had gotten a team to a Super Bowl. Right, He's done that. They they lost to I think it was New England that year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, uh, and he threw
2: some big yes, picks in that game, that was especially like 13-3. 3 What an ugly Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, terrible. All right. So, uh, okay. Now tomorrow,
1: Marty Brenneman's is going to join us. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. No box lunch today. No box lunch. I don't know if we were making up for yesterday. Do it tomorrow. Do, Do it tomorrow. tomorrow. Anything else tonight? Anything we got going on, Case? No. We're good. We're good. Okay. And do you and Mrs. Tissett have everything straightened out, by the way? Is there
4: something <laughs> going on there? Uh, is she in no, the chat today? No. I just, want, I just want her to know I'm not woke. She called me woke one time, Tom, and I want her to know you I'm are not woke. woke. You are woke. woke okay. Key. That's woke. how we'll end it. Elliot is woke. Tom.
1: I just want to make sure that Jacob's mom is not wrapped up in some issue we have around No, here, we're good. Because we love her son. We, we do good. love Jacob. Right?
2: right? Elliot is woke. I am not. There's no, there's no evidence that says okay. I'm woke. Okay.
1: All right. Uh, We thank everybody for joining us. We certainly thank uh, Mike. um, DeFabo. Thank you. Uh, From the Athletic in Pittsburgh. And we thank our buddy, Botch Lombardi. I mentioned Marty Brenneman tomorrow early, so we will talk a little bit of baseball. But tomorrow we'll go through our top five. And we are going to make our picks for the weekend. That's right. All the playoff games. It's going to be a fun ride. It's going to be a fun ride. All right. You guys have a great rest of your day. We'll look forward to seeing you. Good Lord willing. Manana.